Hi, guys. We're going to get to our program in just a second here, but I wanted to take time to tell you about this week's unofficial sponsor. And it's actually someone that we've had at <clears throat> as our unofficial sponsor once before. That is Project 5100. Uh, Project 5100 is the brainchild of uh, Chef Jeremy Fox. And what Chef Jeremy does is he gives you everything you need to make a gourmet meal at home. <clears throat> and uh, you don't really... The, the name implies that you're doing 50% of the work, Project 5100. But uh, you get 50% of you do 50% of the work, get 100% of the credit. My wife and I just made uh, one of the items in his Golden State menu series. It was a um, <clears throat> a uh, short rib, and it was fantastic. Let me tell you, you are not going to do anything near 50% of the work. You're going to do maybe about 20% of the work. Chef Jeremy has already prepped everything you need. Everything is in the bag, ready to go. You'll have your pans, your foil pans, tin foil to cover everything. Everything is separated and labeled. Uh, you're going to go ahead and plate the dish, and it is going to look, when you're all done with it, it is going to look like you have a chef in the kitchen, and it's going to be delicious. <clears throat> this particular meal featured uh, produce from Black Sheep Farms, uh, produce from Ocean Mist Farms, the short ribs came from the Lost Coast Ranch. There was cheese provided by a Beecher's Cheese, bread by the OC Baking Company, and coffee for dessert from Stereoscope Co Coffee. There's even a jazz playlist uh, available. You can uh, download the playlist while you're working. You're going to do maybe about 10 to 15 minutes of prep work. It takes about 30 minutes for everything to cook. Everything's pre-cooked, ready to go. Uh, so you're really just heating everything up and plating it. And it is a lot of fun. And the meal was delicious. The short rib came right off the bone. I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, so please check out uh, Chef Jeremy's work at Project 5100. If you have something, you know, the holidays are coming up. And uh, because of social distancing, we might not be able to have uh, big gatherings. But maybe you... And your significant other or somebody else, you, you, you want to take something for your mom or your dad or have a nice little meal, <clears throat> Chef Jeremy can help you in that regard. So please check out Project 5100. So you're going to go to www. I can't even say it. www.project50fifty and then the number 100.com. Project5100.com. Also, check them out on Instagram. You can see some of the uh, the meals that are available from Chef Jeremy and Project 5100. It is fantastic. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, please do it. You know, uh, my wife and I did not celebrate our anniversary, but we sure did celebrate a certain team winning the World Series. And uh, guess what we did? We had short rib, and it was fantastic. So thank you, Jeremy. It's on with the show. From the Los Angeles Underground, it's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Your new favorite podcast. There's only one person I want to talk to right now. Justine. Hey. Can you do me a favor? Yeah. Can you look at those mountains? Look at those yeah. trees. Yeah. Look, look at that bum over there, man. He's down on his knees. 
You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, right? Victory Boulevard? Victory Boulevard? Victory Boulevard? Something happened. Justina? Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Justine, say we love it. Did she drop sorry. off? What happened? No, no, no. Sorry. You, you, Justine, that was a dynamic you ruined, opening. You ruined, you ruined the moment. You, you ruined the moment. You ruined it. I'm not starting I'm over. Sorry. What happened? You were, you, were, you were playing Animal Crossing, weren't you? No, I'm like dying. I'm like, all my things are dying. What? Why? It's, what What do you mean? Well, don't go towards the light. Stay out of the light. Don't don't go towards it. Don't go I am staying out of the light. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> I love LA. Thank you, John. We love it. Thank you, John. Oh LA. my God, John. We love it. We love it. <sighs> Justine, like walk it. me through it. Walk me through it. Where were you? Nasty redhead sitting by my side. Uh, Where well, first of all, you guys do not know the Dodger fans have had a week, let me tell you. Last week it was uh, when we recorded it was we had already played game one. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, yep. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then uh, they tied it up in game two Wednesday night. Game four was heartbreak city for Dodgers. They imploded. I in my head I was like, this is it. Here, here the baseball gods come. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for the shoot to drop. Uh, but then somehow they bounce back game four. Kershaw redeems himself with a gritty, gutty performance. He wasn't the he didn't overpower, but he got out of trouble. Uh, had a great play at the plate, uh, and they bounce back. They just wanted to keep things spicy for you, you know. Bounce back in game five. Here comes game six. They give up an early home run. Then it's a pitcher's duel. Blake Snell from the Rays versus the Dodgers bullpen. Dodgers bullpen lock everybody out. They don't let anyone score a run except for the solo home run in the first, given up by the Catman, Tony Gonsolin. And then, for some, um, for listen, and Dodger fans know how this feels. For whatever reason, the Tampa Bay's. Tampa Bay Rays manager Kevin Cash decides it's time to, time to pull a pitcher who is cruising and who the Dodgers cannot figure out. Yep. They could yeah, not figure painful. him out. <laughs> yep. And Kevin Cash just decides, well, it's 73 pitches, you're done. Now, keep in mind, this is game six. What are you saving him for? But I'm not <laughs> so weird. You don't you don't look they were a, hoping to go to game seven. Yeah, you don't look a gift horse in the mouth, and Mookie Betts sure didn't. Next thing you know. They're they're tagging this kid up for a couple runs, and the Dodgers are on the board. And then later, a little insurance again by Mookie Betts. And then three great innings by Julio Urias, and that's it. The Dodgers are the World Series 2020 champions. hey I have waited so long. It took, it took it so long for it to sink in with me, Justine. I don't know if it was with you, same with you. I know you were probably watching the game. Walk me through it. What was it like seeing that last out <clears throat> register? What, what was it like? Um, by the second strike, I was like, "Don't be excited! Don't be excited, girl! You don't know. You cannot be excited. Like you just hold everything in, right? We've You're been like, no, kicked no. so many times. It's like, no, no, no. We don't got this, guys. We do not got this yet. Like it. So- it has to happen before you can even think 
Before you can even think you won. You can't. Yeah, you have to try to, before you even try to process what's going on, you have to get through the, yeah, that's right. You have to hold yourself back before you can even get excited. Like, you just can't. In my mind, I was not going to be, it was not going to be real to me until I saw Clayton Kershaw holding the trophy. That's, that's what it was. That's what it was for me. It was like, this poor guy's been... Do you think someone's just going to rip it from his hand? Yeah, something's going to happen. The, the roof is going to collapse. A blimp is going to oh land on the... Did you love when he was getting booed? Not him. Um, when the, Ro- I forgot his name. Roberts got booed for taking him out? No, 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 no. Um, at the end, when they were oh. gonna give the when they were about to give the trophy... Manfred? The national, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they booed the uh, commissioner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The commissioner. I forgot his name. Rob but... Manfred. Yeah. Somebody Did you, hear it? Did you see that part? <laughs> yeah, somebody on Twitter pointed out the irony of Manfred getting booed by people he allowed to come into the stadium. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> there is no there is no love lost for the guy who allowed the uh the uh Astros um championship to stand. And there's other reasons to dislike him, but uh Oh, my God. And then the announcers were talking about how the Astros won and they were showing like the pitches from I was like, just shut up. Shut up. The whole, I don't know. The whole thing was making me mad. But yeah. So the second strike, I was like, no, no, don't. No, don't get excited, girl. Do not. And I had my iPad open already to the MLB page ready to buy. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? And I had to just look away from it. I'm like, not yet. You're prepping. You're prepping. Don't do it. Prepare for uh, the word. Then he did it. And you just, you got so, I, I, I don't know. I got so excited. But then you kind of forget it's the World Series. And it was like, we just won a game. But then it wasn't. And you're like, no, no, no. It's everything. And. And it was just, I felt like it was slightly weird because there's no, like, it didn't happen at a stadium. Like yeah, a, it was a neutral site. A crowd. Yeah. I mean, there was 11,000 people there, but yeah. But it felt like, it was just weird because you didn't get that energy from it. You kind of lived off of their energy mm-hmm. on the field. And like, oh my God. But um, it was, it was really good until like right after that. They do like a whole breaking news, Justin Turner, and you're like, what? Oh, yeah. Justin Turner had tested positive for COVID. He had to leave the game. And then controversy yeah. because he came back out on the field to take yes. the team photo. Were you watching that part? I didn't. all of a sudden, they're just talking about the game. They keep talking about it, talking about it. And then maybe like 30, 40 minutes in, all of a sudden they're like, people are saying he's on the field. And then they're like, he's showing up in pictures now. And then, yeah, it was just, it was weird and confusing. We'll have to see where that goes. Uh, a lot of people are say, yeah. are conjecturing that it was a false positive because he has not left the bubble and nobody else has tested positive. Um, so they're thinking he may have received a false positive, but we'll have to see. If that is indeed the but they case. haven't like said anything yet, and that's where people are just it sucks because everyone's talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, nobody wants to acknowledge. Yeah. No, were, nobody there wants was an interview with Mookie Betts. But honestly, today honestly, that they brought it up like four times the whole time, and like by the eighth inning, I was like, please do not pull our pitcher, please, Roberts, just don't put Jansen in. He had already yeah, he, he, he had already used Urias to close out in against the Braves. So he knew Urias could do it. And yeah, and I was so worried. I was like, just don't. And that kid, I mean, he really, he really, um, I was listening to an interview on um, AM 570 today with Oral Hershiser. 
And Oral Hirsch, I said, the difference between Julio Urias this year and last year is Urias would come out before and kind of, like, ramp up to where he starts now. And they really had to break him of that idea that, you know, they they told him, you know, you need to come out and just be aggressive from the get-go. And now that he understands that, he's just a different pitcher. I mean, he was always good. But now he comes out and he's just not afraid to throw heat. He's the he's what we had in Kenta Maeda. Same thing, you know. So yeah. as much as I miss Kenta Maeda, and I wish he would have been on the team because he was one of my favorites. Um, uh, you know, now you have Urias in that role where you can use him as a starter, or he can do you know long relief for you. You, know, you get four five innings out of this guy, and he's lights out every he time. He was impressive. He is imp- It's a, it's amazing. What an amazing <laughs> performance! And then there were so many. You know, you had Seager be the MVP. You had Betts. Who, who who had a good bid for MVP and you know the Kershaw Redemption story was for me that's really what I wanted this World Series m- more than anything because of Clayton Kershaw and everything he's put on the line every year for this team and yeah. and and the the unfair um, you know he gets this unfair label as a choker but it's at the same time they there were in the early days of this postseason run that we've had where we've been in the postseason for eight years. They were riding Kershaw's arm and all the way. He was the he was the ace, and that was it. And then you know there were other, a couple other pitchers who could, you know, were nowhere near his level, and so he was pitching on three days rest and going in at key moments. And Roberts wanting to give him this moment would leave him in too long, and then you know he'd get shelled, and everybody go, "Well, he's a choker; he can't handle it." It's like, well, no, he's you know they pitched him all the way through September on three days rest, and now he's in the playoffs, and it's like it's catching up to him. It's 162 games. Someone is really sucking on a soda, and it is really weird. Yeah. Um, I like May. Like, I'm like, May is like growing on me like crazy. Just because he's, he's just one giant recessive gene? Is that why you like he's him? He's just a big bunny. He just looks like a bunny. Like, he hops around, right? All that energy. Yeah, he does he's look like, like a bunny. And I freaking love it because I'm like, oh, what a bunny! I love him. I like he's growing on me. You know, you know he had he had a shaky start. He had a, you know in the last bullpen session, he and Gonsolin has, but the, but they need to be they need to develop a little bit more. But they're great. That's that's a good solid foundation to build on. You know, it's it's, it's hard to put yeah. someone in a in a pressure situation like this. Look what happened to the Rays. I mean, the Rays. You know, look what happened to the manager. Everybody's susceptible to it. But it, the irony of that of being of Dave Roberts getting out Roberts in, you know, right? but you know, I, I got to hand it to Dave Roberts. I'm, I've been a big critic of him, but he is so good with the players and you could just see it last night. He loves his oh guys. My God, the loyalty. Yeah. And they love him. And so it's like, well, you know what, who am I to sit here and criticize this guy? They obviously love him. And he, he, all, you know, he had a plan and he just kept telling everybody trust in the plan, trust in the plan. And the plan finally worked out, you know, the plan, you know, it took, you know, there's a lot of decisions to be made in the middle of a baseball game, and and uh, and he's the guy for better or for worse who has to live with those decisions, and uh, and you know he doesn't shy away from it. You got to give him that, you know, and and uh, to to see him finally to see him be so embattled and then finally triumph was was kind of nice. I'm not going to admit I feel like it was redemption for everybody that said that he made the wrong moves. Look how many pitchers he threw up against the, the Rays, and they kept the Dodgers in it. They kept the Rays from go, you know, pulling ahead, and they kept it close yeah. the whole time. And so, you got to give him credit for that. But you know, I was happy for you, Justine. I know. I was like, it happened. I didn't call you on purpose. I, I wanted to. 
I was going to text you, and then I was like, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait, you know, because I wanted to get your your gut reaction from it. Did you cry? Um, honestly, I feel like it'll set in a little bit more later. Like the newspaper came in, and I've been saving all of them. Uh huh. Like I have it all. Like it's all numbered on the top, right? Game mm-hmm. one, two, three, four. So all of it is just like it's all there. Uh-huh. Um. I'm not sure yet. I got home from like, work. I'm really excited, but I feel like something is still holding me back. Like <laughs> I got home from work last night, you know, being at work, I kind of had to go right back to work and I saw a little bit of the ceremony and I saw Kershaw and I saw, you know, and uh, I, you know, my phone had exploded. So I spent a good deal of the time when I got home, just re- responding to people and, and stuff. And, um, next thing I know it's late and, uh, it's like two in the morning. So I start watching the highlights and I start, I'm piling through all the highlights and, and, um, yeah, and all the post game interviews and stuff. Next thing I know, Nicole opens the door down here, and she's getting ready to go to work. And I'm watching the last, the last uh, three outs. And uh, she walks in just as Orish is about to throw three outs, and uh, you, so strike three. And I look at Nicole, and I'm not even kidding. And I said am I dreaming right now? And she goes, no. And we just both started crying. I started bawling like, like, like a baby. I'm not kidding you guys. I like, like heaving. Like I started sobbing. Cause this, this year has been such shit and uh, so much has gone wrong. And just, it was just nice to have something go right for these guys after so many years of trying. It's like, well, hell the rest of us are getting the, the crap kicked out of us, but at least, you know, hey, I'm had, I'm glad these guys have some happy, some joy in their lives. You know, and uh, just to, everything. You know, my brother went passed away right before we went into lockdown, and and you know, as the playoffs, as the Dodgers made it into the playoffs and went deeper in the playoffs, I really started to miss my brother more because this would be the time of year where we'd be arguing baseball, and he'd be like, "The Dodgers aren't going to make it this year. They don't have this guy. This guy's blah blah blah,", blah. and we go back and forth, and he was always right. He was always right, and I was like, "Son of a gun! One of these days, I'm going to be right." And my brother in the in the in the in one of the greatest final jokes that ever was, got the last laugh because I can't even tell him I'm right. He bailed out. So, you know, I mean that and that's typical of my brother, but it was it really hit me that, you know, there's so many you know, I have a lot of a couple we had a couple a couple of my friends passed away this year, a friend's dad. He was a huge we liked all the same teams. We like Dodgers, we like Lakers, we like UCLA and and uh, he passed away, and he would have been exactly my dad's age. He reminded me a lot of my dad, and he passed away this this year. And then uh, one of my coworkers, Hector, you know, Hector was just really, really cool guy. Everybody loved Hector, and he was a Dodger fan, and he never got to see him win a championship. He died really young, and he never got to see him win, and, and he passed away this year. And so I think all that just kind of hit me, you know, along with just the memories of I've had of the I've, – I've known so many people now that I met like maybe 1989, 1990. We're friends. We have kids. We all have kids. We've never celebrated something like this together. Justine, I've known you how many years now? Five years, four years. But I don't even know. Four yeah. or five years now. We've never, yeah. we've never celebrated this together. John Sandy and I, in all the years we've known each other, we met the year after the Dodgers won the last world series. So yeah, eighty nine. I think of all these people. I think of all these people that I. I think of well, no, John and I met in eighty nine. I think of all these people that Mm -hmm. I know that I've known. They've been friends for most of my life now, and I we've never celebrated this together. So I think it all just hit me at one time, you know. 
And oh uh, my god, um, did you see what LeBron put out there? No, what was it? He was like, "We need to have a parade," and I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> Just everybody together, one I giant Laker Dodger parade, please, please. A combo. Just Mookie. the only thing I'm not is I'm not a Kings fan. That's the only thing I'm not like LA. You gotta for. go. You gotta go Kings, baby. You gotta go. Come on. I've just I've never been to a game. I've only been to a, to Ducks games, so I'm just not. Mm-mm-mm. It's the only thing I don't. Okay. I just I don't. Have, We're gonna work on but... that. We're gonna work on that. All right. <laughs> Welcome to Sports Talk. Guys. And uh, uh, Mario of. Uh, uh, Lakers won in 88, didn't they? That's right. The last time both teams won together was the last time the Dodgers won. I mean, the Dodgers, are, the Lakers, have, they went on to have a, a, a dynasty in the early 2000s and uh, with yeah. Shaq and Kobe, yeah. and they just they won again this year. And um, Three P, three P. I feel like Mookie is the new Kobe. I'm going to go like Mookie. I think I'm going to start uh, doing it. <laughs> I love Mookie. <laughs> there were so many, and you know what's great about this Dodgers team, John, and this this kind of this team reminds me of the, the team that we grew up with in the eighty. You know, in the in the in the eighties, we had you know the well, it was from the seventies on. We had those, you know, Ron say Steve Garvey, Bill Russell, you know, all those Davey guys, Lopes. Davey Lopes, all those guys, and then uh, you know, some of those guys were still around in in when they won in eighty eight, but you know that was a core that stayed together for a long time. And uh, that's the way it was with this team. You know, Justin Turner, Turner and Bellinger and Seager and, and uh, Kike Hernandez, they've all, and Kershaw and uh, Jansen, they've all played together for years now. And, you know, to see them struggle and struggle and struggle and finally break through was just amazing. And um, I was laughing because there's a lot of, uh, there was a lot of, there was a thing on the, the San Francisco Giants uh, fan group posted on uh, Twitter that the Dodgers uh, won the least amount of games to get to the World Series, like forty three games or something. And the, you know, you we know, were killing it before that. Po- they were po- they were pooping on the. Uh, but I, I love it. A team that gets into the wild card and backs their way into some World Series and they're talking garbage. So, uh, uh, <laughs> STFU uh, San Francisco. I want to say that for a while. Astros, you guys need <laughs> to shut it because that was you cheated. Um, yeah. Suck it. We're champions. Suck it. Listen, if it was so easy, why didn't your team do it? That's all I'm going to ask. That's it. If it was only hey, 60 games. Know, this, could have, this this is probably the toughest year to get in the World Series. Look what they had to do to get in there. That's right, and John. Look what they had to, and look at the circumstances while they're playing it. So anybody that thinks this was easy, forget it. Think of a regular year of 65 games in. You're around June, maybe July. You're in, you're in mid-June, mid to late June. Think of all the teams that are in the running that are gone by the end of October or by the end of September, right? Some of those teams fall away, whatever. Mm-hmm. Everybody was healthy. Everybody was hot. Everybody had an equal chance to get in there and uh, they didn't make it. So you can't be mad that uh, one team managed to keep it all together and stay the best in baseball for the whole damn year. You know? Yeah. Uh, yep. s- suck it. Suck it. I'm not even going to cordially invite people to suck it. I'm just going to say suck it. That's it. That's all I have to say. John, John, how does it feel? The Dodgers are champions again. Christ. 88. The last time this happened was 88. That's nuts. I was talking to somebody at work. They weren't even born yet. I said, hey, Jesse, where were you in 88? He said, I wasn't even born yet. I was born in 91. I'm like, oh, Christ. (laughs) I was was too. I was 16. (laughs) 
I was 16. Now, now my kid is 16, which is weird. Hmm. It's weird to think I was my daughter's age when that when this last happened. So, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, and uh, man, Christ, uh, it feels like a, it feels like a lifetime ago. Patrick, you're a Giants fan. Uh, you know what? 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 Another thing, Justine. Here's one thing I just wanted to point out. With this year, in this year, the Lakers and the Dodgers have pulled even with their arch nemeses, the Celtics and the Giants, for a number of champions championships. Oh my god, I'd be so mad at the Celtics for playing. And the Giants. <laughs> and you know what? That would have been amazing to win, but ugh. I, I really kinda wanted the Astros in there so we could we could we could take them, but I feel like <laughs> next year's gonna be interesting. If if we get a full season, you're gonna have team San Diego's gonna be in the mix, the Atlanta again, Tampa Bay, the Astros, they're all good. They're all good. They have a good young cores, so the Dodgers will be seeing these people again. But I don't see the Dodgers going anywhere anytime soon. Especially yeah, we've been making it. Yeah, especially we just w- finally did it. Yeah, now you have. I mean, the the the, the pitch starting. The finally, pitching looks great. Jake, did you care? Were you were you watching this thing? Uh, I had a feeling that they won when I heard screaming coming from the house, from the main house. <laughs> I had to assume. You were probably playing with but, your new cat. Yeah, taking care of the new cat, dealing with that. But um, Gonsolin should be your favorite guy. He's the cat man. He had, he had cats on his cleats last night. That's what my brother was mentioning that he had like he has this like crazy cat shirt that he wears all the time mm-hmm. during practice. Yep, mm-hmm. they call him the cat yeah, man, like baby. Okay, it's nice man. Are you guys okay? Is everybody okay with the fires? Are you guys good where you are? Uh, nothing came. We we had a little uh, evacuation about two miles down the road uh, from where we are. Uh, but I hope everybody is safe right now. Uh, looks like they lifted those evacuation orders, but yeah, we were, we were kind of, I, it was nerve wracking Sunday night. I got the, I was excited about game, game six, you know, and then I wanted to, or, and then it was like, I had to not sleep because I kept waiting for, to find out if, you know, the sheriff was going to come knocking through our neighborhood and tell us to get out. But, uh, thankfully that did not happen. We were just on the other side of the line. From the major street to not evacuate. So yeah, because I know they, wow. they 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 I know I read the because uh, L.A. County actually evacuated that portion of where you guys are. So yeah, they drew it out and then we're like on the other side of that part. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just like a little worry because someone was mentioning like oh they might close the fifty seven, and um, I was like, uh, how am I going to get home? Because they closed off my other way I would get home, the one that you were saying. And yeah. unless I go all the way around, which is fine. Well, that happens next time. You are more than welcome to sleep in our garage in a tent and uh, quarantine. So don't uh, <laughs> don't feel like you don't have any Outside anyone. of the garage in your tent. <laughs> Outside of the garage. Um, <laughs> you can sleep out in the backyard. And uh, So I, I, I left home earlier that day just to just make sure I was out. Like, yeah. out just in case um, and there was a lot of traffic at that time since they've been closing other freeways down so, yeah 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 um, it was okay it was just that day of right it was so windy it was, smelled so bad it was all in the store it just smelled like smoke and um, everything was blowing away from outside we had to try and bring it back in it was just like weird because that morning it was just cold mm-hmm. then like <sighs> Like three hours into my shift, I walk out and there's just dust everywhere. It's it was cold, but it, it was dry. It was, that was the problem. It was a very dry wind. 
but it was cool yeah. in the morning and then it just got hot in the day once you once the all the smoke hit then you know the heat stays in and it just feels weird um, yeah that's that wind just came out of nowhere though it was crazy uh we i actually got a high wind advisory on on uh on my phone on like two days before i think i got it weird. on saturday so there was a high wind advisory for this area from like you know, for like three hours. And I was like, oh, that's weird. How do they know already? And sure enough, I kind of forgot about it. And then when we woke up, I was like, holy crap, this is insane. But yeah, um, it was a, it was a, it was a good day. Otherwise that was the only, that was the only uh, thing that kind of marred that day was, uh, was the high wind and having to worry about whether or not uh, we're going to have to get out of Dodge or not. But um, uh, otherwise it was, uh, it was a great week, Justine. We've had a good couple of weeks we had a good couple of weeks here. We've got the Lakers and the Dodgers. You are you are one happy camper, and that makes that makes Christmas pre- uh, shopping a lot easier for everybody, for you and me, right, Justine? Doesn't that make things? Yeah, doesn't make I'm things- just waiting for like all these stores to carry everything, so I can start buying all these T-shirts, giving it away. I do have you a. Get a I do have a World Series. I have a hat with a World Series emblem, not the not the not the trophy, but the emblem that I ordered before. I never do this. I never ever do this. I ordered it before. I wait. I know people that have the 2017 patch. 2000. I'm like, don't buy it because then if they lose, you're always going to remember that they were in the World Series and that you know. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, but I have. I'm I'm wearing right now a World Series 2020 patch. Uh, the hat arrived today. I was like, wow, they knew it was going to be today. So <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm. I'm I'm, it was good. I'm it bedazzled. Good. I'm, I've got my my bad, batting but, practice jersey on and my hat, and I feel I'm feeling good. That game um, before when they just kept dropping the ball, I was so pissed watching those games. <laughs> That's the thing about baseball, man. It's it's highs and lows, and it's a lot of drama. I think I, I, yeah, I ended up texting your wife, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" She's like, "I can't even talk right now." <laughs> <laughs> that was a that because Justine, did you not think? Okay, we're done. Like, yeah, this this is it. it Should have been done. This this is what this is what has killed us in years past. We have that one game, and we never quite recover from it. And uh, nope, they came back the next day, and Mookie Betts right off the bat gets us right back in the game. He and Seager have been amazing together. What a great combo! And that's one thing about that's one thing I'm upset about COVID. I want to see Mookie Betts play in person. Like that's what I want to see. I want to see him play in person. Like I can't wait to get out there, see him make some crazy catch out in the outfield. And you know, I've seen all yeah. the other guys play several times. You know, I've, we go a lot, but I haven't gotten had a chance to see Mookie Betts yet. So, but what I've seen in Game One of the World Series, which is insane, double steals and just hustle and and stealing base, it's crazy. He's crazy. He's so good. I don't think so he's a, he's like a once in a generation player. And we don't get to see him because he's in Boston. So now that you're seeing him all the time, you're like, holy crap. How did we get this guy? Why would Boston even trade him? And we get him for 10 years. 12. 12? I thought it was 10. I think it's 12. Dang. By the way, I mean, how do you I feel? Like the it. guy comes like one first year here. This was supposed to be his rental year. He would have brought him. Yeah. Imagine if they had just rented him for one year. He would have brought them the series. Mm-hmm. Like That's crazy, man. Anyway, this has been Sports Talk. Uh, now, back to our regularly scheduled ma- Maximum Overdrive. Oh, yeah. Is that what we're doing? Okay. Patrick's awfully quiet today. I'm worried about him. I know he's a Giants fan. It's probably disgusting for him. 
I know I would be if, if people were talking about the Giants and talking them up. I'd be like, fne, fne, fne. <laughs> no, I was. It was some great baseball, and I was really happy for you guys. It's a good series. No Let me tell you about. Did you hear what your boy Hunter Pence did? Did you hear about this, Justine? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Saturday, when the Dodgers had that meltdown game, uh, they, they apparently Hunter Pence was at a bar, and. Um, you know, all these people started cheering because they're Giants fans, and they got nothing better to do but hate the Dodgers. And uh, and so uh, uh, Hunter Pence buys the whole bar around to celebrate the Dodgers' loss. And guess what he bought them? Dodger dogs. Lem- <laughs> he bought them limoncello. That's what they drink in limoncello with their pinkies out. They had little limoncello shots. So um, that shit gets you drunk. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, interesting. So I hope I'll tell you one thing. I know that tastes better than limoncello. Champagne, bitch. (laughs) 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 Suck it. Love it. Love it. I'm so happy for them. Me too, buddy. Me too, man. I cried for Kershaw. I don't know if you saw the post game, but Frank Thomas. I love the fork, the the fork, the FX the FS one guys. Big Poppy, even A Rod is tolerable in that. But Frank Thomas, the big hurt. Oh yeah, I was watching that. Dude, yeah. he cried for Clayton Kershaw. He told yeah, him he was. Good. He told him you really could you it. could see he was crying. Like it's. I think anyone who's been a player knows must know the frustration that he felt trying to break through year after year after year after year and so to finally see him get it that was just for me that was like redemption that was that's all i wanted that's all i wanted yeah. was for, for when they went back and then they showed like um him watching it mm-hmm. that was so good. he runs out with his hands open he's just looking at the sky and he's just like, like well like you see him looking and then Everyone else around him is like kind of running out, and he kind of slows down, and then he runs out right after. But yeah, yeah, you pretty... knew he was like taking it in. Of, oh man, man, of, of all the people that I wanted this for, that 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 was it, man. He's one of my one of my all time favorites. Um, and uh, you know, I've, I've seen the. I mean, I saw him throw a no hitter live. It's amazing. You know, you kind of feel like you root for a guy like that. You know, so yeah. I'm happy for you, Justine. I'm happy for all of us, uh, Patrick. It's never too late to convert. Um, to oh, so good, I'll still be a Giants fan. No, you don't. Why would you want that? Why? Why? You you can't like ballpark sushi that much. That's no fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the Giants. What can well, I say? No, no, you're wrong though. They're We're bad. entitled to our own mistakes. They're okay? bad people. But you the thing is you move on, you learn a mis- you learn from your mistake, you grow and you mature and you change. That's ultimately what <laughs> yeah, we sure. That's ultimately what we're the goal. We're working to better ourselves. <laughs> Not wallow in the muck like a like a pig. Hey, it's nice and cool. You gotta check it out. <laughs> Awful. You're you're smarter than that, and I, I'm, I'll pray for you. All right, guys, let's uh, <laughs> let's take a quick break, and when we come back, it is Digital Movie Club time. All right. Okay. Are you guys excited? Excited. What? What? All right. We will be right back after these messages.
Yantan, Yantan, Yantan. It's yours, Justine. You do it now. Oh, here we go. Pitching, <laughs> I don't know where they were. Here we go. Pum, you're in the club. There it is. That's what she said. All right, guys. It is it is time. Oh, by the way, game one of the World Series, Pentatonics. Oh my god. I not to go back to sports talk, but oh my god. Amazing. That was intolerable. In for that, it was beautiful. Maybe they all said hi to Justin Turner, and you know <laughs> that was intolerable. It was. <laughs> that is not good music by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I love it because you you were like oh you were like oh dear god <laughs> you just you're like oh dear god tell me this isn't happening. <laughs> I thought it was a I thought it was a bad omen. I thought it was a bad omen. Yeah. I was like, is the rest of the series going to go like this? I hope not. Ladies and gentlemen, and there was, on them. yeah, freaking <laughs> pentatonic on, on their shoulders. Yeah. There's a vulture. <laughs> that's it. The, the pentatonics vulture. Oh my god! Who? Like, that's a bad sign. How can you just listen that. to? How can you just listen to that by itself? There's nothing. It's like great. six or seven people just trying to talk all at the same time. Listen, the, the human voice is a beautiful thing when used correctly and, and used uh, properly, no. but that is not the proper way to do it. Y'all uncultured motherfuckers oh, can't oh, appreciate it. Star Spangled Banner yet As I'm loading a revolver. <laughs> that hurts. Man. That hurts. Oh, my apologies to the National Anthem. I did not mean to disrespect the National Anthem by imitating pentatonics, but that is what it sounded like. Oh, my gosh, man. Uh, Ugh. All right. Give me okay, Jake. Let me. I'm gonna let me ask you this. Do you have a yeah. favorite Pentatonix album? Pentatonix album? The yes. Christmas album, huh? That's what you're gonna say. No, I. I'm not. I'm not that big on Christmas music. First of all, you're oh, wrong. Okay, but I used to sing it. I used to sing it all the time in choir. Okay, so now, oh, you were in choir. That's what it is. That's what it is. I yeah, I forgot about that. I'm sorry. Okay, Jake. You're a choir boy. I forgive you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, choir boy. That's it. All right, guys. I think I think they're self-titled. Speaking of vocalese, John. Let's hear a little of yeah. your favorite Halloween song. <laughs> yeah. You do it every year. And hey, you know what? 
Uh, maybe Jake would really dig a Lambert Hendricks and Ross. He might. He might. He might. It's like pentatonics, but with rhythm and soul. All right. But, um, <clears throat> man, that is that is a rough go. If we were in the studio, you just push the button and put That's right. I'll tell you what that's called, John. That's, that's what you call a tough hoe, a, a row to hoe, is what that is. Um, <laughs> Yikes. It's a tough hoe to row. Yeah, same thing too. <laughs> you flip it. Either way, it works. Uh, row to guys, it's it's Halloween time. Ooh. Halloween spooky. There it is. Ooh. Everybody make a ghost noise. Everybody make. Everybody make ghost. Creepy paper. Creepy paper. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Scary. Ooh. Scary. Oh. Werewolf. There. There. Wolf. There. Castle. Uh. Fire, Why are you talking like London? that? Fire is good. Fire is our friend. Uh, uh, even the moon's afraid of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he was my boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Come on, guys. You guys that know. Was a, that uh, was a mashup. To the lumberyard. The candle back. That's it. That's it. Antipasto. Uh, 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 all right, guys. We, it's, it's Halloween spectacular here. And a lot of people, I think Patrick and I are the Excuse only two Halloween spooktacular. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. There you go. Uh, so you. sorry. Um, Patrick and I, I think, are the only two who had seen the Evil Dead. So we picked Evil Dead. I've seen it. We well, pick- no, I saw Evil Dead Darkness of something. Army of Darkness. Army, Army, Army of Darkness, Dark. which is the third in the Evil Dead trilogy. But uh, we, we started with Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2. And then we said, if time permitted... We get to Poltergeist. I assigned Maximum Overdrive, but nobody watched it. They just I ignore- watched all four, just so you know. Jake, wow. we're, Jake, we're gonna. You and I are gonna talk. Jake. Jake, you and I are gonna talk Max Overdrive because I know you loved it. It's fantastic. All right, and uh, wow, Jake went for it. Jake I love it. All four. That's that's impressive. It's because Jake's a good person. You guys, you guys all make fun of him, but uh, you know he's. He, Isn't sure. 100% Wait, sure. Somebody rewind to like five minutes ago where Mario was just ripping him to shreds. No, I, I'm not sure. He just he enjoys his acapella music, and that's you know like like Chuck Berry said, "Give me some of that acapella music, any old way you choose it." That's right. Isn't that isn't that how it goes, John? Goes? <laughs> that how it goes, John? <laughs> if you want to dance with me, if you want to dance, dance with me. All right, guys. We're going to start with Evil Dead because this is a seminal horror classic from the early 80s. A uh, heck of a story on how it was uh, made. Um, I'm sure we're going to get into that. Justin's probably read all the trivia. And uh, let's let's take it away with Evil Dead, Patrick, the original Evil Dead. Real, real quick before oh, go we ahead, start. Go ahead, Jake. I'm sorry. Are we, are we lumping one and two together? We might as well. Yeah, we'll what just, does that mean? We'll, we'll, do, we'll do one and then we'll go to two. Because the two is sort of a is sort of a remake, and then then we'll do uh, we'll do our, everybody else dropped out, so we'll do well we'll do Poltergeist together, and then Jake and I'll give you our thoughts on Maximum Overdrive. How's that sound? You want to lay that out? Just, that sounds all right. Wonderful. Okay, so uh, let's do Evil Dead One. Hit it, Patrick. This 1981 film released on October 15th. Mm. That's the time for Halloween. That's right. 7.5 on IMDb, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, with a budget of $350,000. It grossed theaters $2.8 million. Nice. It's the very definition of a cult hit. Cult hit. Uh, 
yeah. Now, now uh, Sam Raimi, Robert Tapper, they decided to make this movie. Um, they had to get creative with their financing, and they couldn't. It took them uh, a little while. It took them a couple of years to finish, actually. Uh, so uh, I think something they had to. Did they? I forgot how they did it chronologically. They had to do something so that people didn't like their hair and stuff didn't change too much over the course of the production. If I remember correctly. Um, yeah, I mean, you see some subtle changes, like the first car scenes, his hair changes pretty drastically from start to finish. Mm-hmm. But, um, and they you also uh, notice the cameras running into all the foliage when they're making their way to the cabin. Mm-hmm. That's intentional. That's intentional. Is it though? Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. is. Yeah, hundred percent. Is it though? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. Oh, why? Yes, it is. <laughs> I rest my case. Yes, it is. Thanks. Yes, it is. Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> uh, Sam Raimi does like to get creative with the camera. You see a lot of the stuff that will become kind of touches in Sam Raimi movies. You know what I was was amazed at? How much he recalls this stuff in like like the Spider-Man trilogy. Uh, yeah. Like he, yeah. He, he really calls back to a lot of this, you know, and uh, he loves to abuse Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell talked about that. Um, this shoot was very difficult. The cabin was was actually in a remote spot. Um, there was no heat at the end. There was so little money. They were actually sleeping in the cabin and then making the movie. The crew would stay there, sleep there, and then they'd get up and shoot. And um, the conditions were apparently uh, not great. Uh, cold. I don't know if there was running water in the cabin. I don't remember if they – or it was just cold. I, I seem to remember something like that, but – but uh, yeah, but uh, every every penny of the meager budget is on the screen uh, for sure. And when I was when I first saw this movie, when I was around eleven or twelve years old, didn't realize it was supposed to be a little funny because boy did it scare the hell out of me. Um, uh, and uh, let's so let's talk about it. John, you had never seen Evil Dead. You like Sam Raimi? Yeah, isn't that, isn't that weird? I'm a fan. I think I've seen everything else he's done. I never saw so, the evil. I was so surprised when you said yes. Yeah, I just assumed had, you had seen this. I had seen um, the third one. I'd seen Army of Darkness, and for some some reason, I never got around to seeing the first two. Now, of course, you're seeing this. You're you're you you are a seasoned enough guy in classic cinema to know that you're watching this out of context, and that you know. But you know the proper context. You were around in the early '80s. Um, so what yeah. what was this like watching it for you? You know, knowing that it, the reputation it has now to go back and see it, did you feel like it was worthy of the hype? Yeah, I guess um, it was so cool to see, but I think I was not prepared for, for how low budget it looked. I'd always heard about how low budget it was, and I, didn't, I wasn't prepared for how there are a lot of shots where you just go, wow, this is an extremely low budget, yeah. you know? Yeah. But um, it's, so, it's so creative. He's having such fun with the camera that it kind of makes up for the fact that some of it looks almost like a home movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's some, there's some amateur stuff in here for sure. But again, working with what you but, have. And then you got to think about what uh, horror films were looking like then. And uh, this, this did some different approaches and it, usually you didn't get any humor dark or otherwise mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, most horror films kind of played it straight. So you realize that was a game changer. And um, I remember hearing Quentin Tarantino talking about uh, what a big deal this movie was that he'd, he'd read about it. And uh, 
Stephen King had talked it up. I guess Stephen King had seen it before it, it got distributed and he just thought it was amazing. So Quentin Tarantino said he was there uh, the first day. He said it wasn't playing everywhere, but he found a theater that was playing it. And he was there the first day because it was already getting talked up by the likes of uh, Stephen King. Stephen King thought it was the, you know, the creepiest thing he'd seen in a long time. Oh, that's and great. so that got his attention. Yeah. And did you, did you, so do, guess, you, do you feel like it was after having seen it, do you feel like it was worthy of the, of the accolades or did it leave you a little? Um, I'll tell you quite frankly, the second one is the one that blew me away. I watched them almost one after the other. I watched the first one and then the next night I watched the second one. It's the second one that blew me away. Okay. Because there it's, it's full, it's full blown, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You get to see everything and, and, and kind of, it's kind of nice that he got a chance to, well, it doesn't make sense. For him to go back and not mention everything that happened there before, it's kind of weird. Well, it's like a. I realize it's more like a remake. It's really the second one. Really, is a re. It's a remake. It doesn't feel like a sequel. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's a remake of the first one. You know. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of great ideas. First one's got a lot of great ideas and uh, a lot of unexpected stuff. And particularly if I'd seen it back in '81, it probably would have been a lot more unexpected. But uh, it was just kind of a kick to see. Uh, to see Sam Raimi, you know, at, at square one, ground zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Okay. Because stuff like Dark Man, you know, Dark Man's one of my all-time favorite movies, you know, ever. So to see him, this is like, you know, the, the earliest you can go back. You know, it's pretty crazy. The embryo, the embryo, the embryo. So I enjoyed tape. it. I really... I, I really enjoyed it, but uh, I was I was not prepared for just how, how low budget it was going to be. Because it's a great poster. When you see the poster, yeah. it's one of the all-time great oh. horror movie posters. Yeah. Um, Which is not, it's not really in the movie. I always, people used to joke about that great poster. That shot is not really in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but boy, there are some genuine shocks, you know, in oh, here. Yeah. Like when yeah. people are all, you turn, somebody's standing next to you and all of a sudden they're possessed, you know, or like the the woman yeah. bouncing out of the cellar and, uh, you know, like yeah. stuff like that is really, really good. So, uh, but I love yeah. that, that he's not afraid to kind of push the envelope and really, you know, the, no. some of the effects, again, very low budget, but really a lot of imagination. Um, kind of. Well, you know, like the scene with the, the scene with the mirror where it all of a sudden turns into water. Stuff like that, you just don't see it coming. And you go, wow, that is really imaginative, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Jake, what did you think? You had never seen The Evil Dead, I'm assuming? Mm, I saw a little bit of Heart of Darkness a long time ago. Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Army of Darkness. That's okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, given that, given how low of a budget was, I think they definitely made the most of what they had and despite it being very ridiculous it was pretty good <laughs> why did you what did You're you just think, like what did you, you think go for? From one, when you go from one to two um john's right in that it's like a remake because yeah. if you look at it like a sequel you're like wait he literally what did he just forget everything that happened and then it's like well oh look i found this random shed in the middle of nowhere oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. there's this weird book oh i wonder what this is so Definitely seems like a remake, but um, solid. Yeah, yeah solid. Um, they definitely cranked the acting up to eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, the overacting up to eleven in the second one, which I thought <laughs> definitely played into its strengths a lot more. Yeah, 
You get the first one to try to make it feel like a horror movie, but it didn't quite fit the. It didn't quite fit the whole the mood mm-hmm. <laughs> they were that they were portraying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the second one, I think, really hit it off a lot better. All right. Uh, now, Justine, have you seen Evil Dead? Because I know Patrick's a big fan. And uh, were you? Or did you? How did you feel about the first Evil Dead? Um, I have seen Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Patrick made me watch it because he's like, <laughs> I think around like, like the beginning of our relationship, he's like, you haven't seen Evil Dead? You have to watch it. And like, you know, watched a few of it. And um, the first time I watched it, it was not impressed. I'm like, why are we watching this? Um, and you know it kind of tells you when someone's recommending it that you're dating and it kind of tells you like about uh, them (laughs) so so when you when you got to the tree scene you're like hey i'm out uh thanks for dinner (laughs) like this is why you like it right yeah yeah um but i mean i was i was watching it differently this time (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The first time, the first time you're like, oh, it's like highly recommended by the guy I'm dating. Okay, <laughs> and then you're kind of watching it like, oh, like you're just judging, right? You're just judging. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta watch the first one so you can appreciate how amazing Army of Darkness is. Yes, that's I have, true. So, so Patrick, <laughs> so I have seen the first one. Um, yeah, no. So the first one is I like the first one better than the second one. Okay. Yeah, the second one is better. Um, but the first one, I feel like with all the characters and all the people there, it just made it more interesting mm-hmm. than just like a few people. Yeah. Um, it is creepy. Um, for its time, it's pretty creepy. Those laughs are pretty horrible. And, <laughs> yeah, the voices they use are really good. The, the voice yeah. effects. Yeah. And when they're playing the recorder and you can hear it on the floor and you're like, what? No, like, don't play it. And. It's pretty creepy. Um, The only part I didn't like was when they're going up to the windows. Like, come on. Come on. Get away. Something. This is so dumb. Get away from the window. Yeah. Um, Once you get to the second one, yeah, it's pretty annoying, especially if you're watching this movie back to back, which I did. So after I finished the first one, I went straight to the second one. You're like, please. Please. how do you forget this? And that part threw me off completely the whole time. Um, but of course, they made everything worse. They've got more things in there with the face and, you know, everything that they do is just more stop motion. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. But I also just like, I don't care. <laughs> and I feel like in the first one, because of their low budget, it seems scarier. Because yeah. It's more realistic. Mm-hmm. Especially when they're trying to hide things. So it gets scarier. Yes. Um, so in the second one, it's just whatever. And plus, you're relearning the story again. So it's whatever. Um, it's almost like watching yeah. It's almost like watching a special edition version of the first one. Like kind of yeah. like a George Lucas thing. Like, we're going to go back and do this with better special effects. And then, you know, I think it's the reason I always say that's why Night of the Living Dead is so scary because it's so low budget. The low budget makes it seem like you're watching like somebody's uh, they hide found. Things. Yeah. Well, it looks like it's, it looks like it's found footage or a documentary. It looks like it's real because it's so low budget, you know? Yeah. Like the Blair Witch Project. That's a pretty good, yeah. effective one. And 
we yeah. barely saw, you didn't see anything. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, doing the low budget ones are always, I mean, I, that's why I'm a fan of the first one. Second one had a better, had better actors and it got crazier, but I'm still a fan of that one. So, Patrick, how was it revisiting Evil Dead for you, my man? So the first one for always me for me is always proof of concept. We have this idea. We're going to go out into the woods. We're going to give it a shot. And this movie is terrifying. Yes. This is by far of the trilogy, the scariest one. And the best part about this trilogy is how the whole theme simply shifts from being this terrifying movie to being a comedy. Funniest horror (laughs) comedies you can ever see. So, Mm -hmm. like, that's what I love about this series because it has that real change and growth from start to finish that makes it so wonderful. Yes. Um, And yeah, like, I I definitely think, like, you guys are right. Like, the first, the second one is just a remake of the first. Um, But, like, I really, truly, if you look at this first movie, it's just like, hey, this is like a proof of concept. We'll show other studios and stuff like that. It works. And it makes sense. Um, But this one's just terrifying. And, like, the shit these people go through is just horrible. And it's really clever ways, like, you didn't see a lot of that camera technique to represent like the evil spreading around and kind of chasing them, like just simply not seeing it, just the camera itself. Like that makes it really scary. And Raimi really sticks with that through a lot of his movies and it really works. Yeah. You don't see the evil until it manifests itself inside like a host, Exactly, which is a great concept. You know, it's like, it's kind of, John is kind of like the invisible monsters in forbidden planet where it's like a, it's a budget technique. It's a budget technique, but it works. It it kind of amps up the, because oh, yeah. you know they're banging on doors and they're you know they're trying to get in, but you don't know what it is and you can't see it. And then next thing you know, it's standing right yeah. next to you, in your friend, you know, and you're like, holy crap! Um, oh my yeah. god! And the second one, it felt like a Pee Wee Herman thing when everything was laughing. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Plus the lamp, the lamp is moving and the couch is moving. It's like yeah. it's like Cherry. Hey, <laughs> let's uh, let's rank the first one and then we'll we'll go into a little bit into the second one. So let's rank uh, ev- the original Evil Evil Dead. Uh, John, what did you think? Uh, I'm going to give it a six, and most of that is just for the idea. The okay. idea of it. The concept. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. fair. That's a fair assessment. Uh, Justine, what do you give uh, Evil Dead, the original Evil Dead? I give it a six and a half because six. I still remember how I didn't care about it before. So six point five. Okay. <laughs> but you know what? What's interesting? Casablanca. You know what? You you know what's interesting? Wow. That's amazing. That is true. That's the exact same thing she gave Casablanca. That, that is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Justine, the, w- one thing I took away from your from your what you said about it was that. You look at it differently now. Is that because of all the movies we've been watching? Like you watch movies? Uh, diff- yeah, I mean, when you keep us in the right era and we watch a movie, it keeps me in that era. If so, you, like, when we, like, when we're, like, if we were in the 90s right now and you had me watch that, it just would be, like, just even worse. Like, right? Because the first time I watched it was, uh, I don't know, like, 10 years ago. Okay. So. Every year on your end movies were in there before, like, you can compare it to the other movies we've just seen, so. Christ, you know, this movie, in a year, it's going to be 40 years old. Yeah, that's nuts. Oh. Holy shit. 
John, you know what's even movies have come out since. John, you know what's even more amazing? Think of what movies. Think of around this time when this movie came out, right? Like, yeah. Okay, like the movies we watched forty years ago. Okay, the the movies forty years before that. Think of how different they were compared to Evil Dead. It's night and day. It's night and I day. I was thinking about that. It, it's, it's, I yeah. was thinking about that. But, you know, the, Evil Dead right. isn't too, aside from the budget, it isn't too different from the stuff that we know. It's not, a, aside from the clothes, no. it's not a complete, now you watch something that, that is now 80 years old, it is a different world. It's a whole different mm-hmm. men wearing hats and, because, and you um, know. That, that shows you the rate, the rate technology is moving at. I, I was thinking about that. I was thinking like in the early 70s when I was watching something like Frankenstein, that was that was 40 years. You know, it was about a 40 year difference. But you've got color and improved sound and mm-hmm. you've got so much going on. So it doesn't look as antiquated. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of kind of amazing. All right. Uh, uh, John, oh, you said, John, you said uh, six. six. Uh, Justine said six point five. Uh, Patrick. I'm sorry, Jake. Uh, I'm going to save Patrick. I'm going to save Patrick because he's. He's he loves this movie, so let me get to uh, let me get Jake. to Jake, Jakey Jake. What do you give it, Jake? I'll give this six and a half. Six point five, Patrick. That's a seven. Seven for me as well. Seven for me as well. Yeah. Um. What? Yeah. When I was a kid, I was much scarier. I remembered, you know, yes, hundred percent. Yeah, but uh, it's fun, and uh, it's a fun movie to watch and try to figure out how they did stretch some of that budget out. Um, I mean, it's cool too, like just to be able to show somebody, like starting from the beginning with somebody and be like, okay, so I'm going to have you watch the first, second, and third one to see that progression and to see them actually realize what that movie becomes. Like, it's great. Like, that's that's one of the best things about this. Series. Here's a, here's a little bit of trivia for you: the car that Ash drives, that big that big car, um, or that they all drive up to, uh, that is called the Beast. It was. Uh, I believe it belonged to it belonged to Sam Raimi, but it has appeared in every one of Sam Raimi's movies, and it's the car that Uncle Ben drives in the uh, wow. Spider-Man trilogy. It's the that's Uncle Ben that. that's Uncle Ben's car, <laughs> and I believe the Coen Brothers used it in uh, Raising Arizona. I might mm. I might be wrong there, but the Coen brothers have used it on occasion. But it's nicknamed the Beast, and mm. it appears in one way or another in every Sam Raimi movie. That's and, cool. And it's Uncle Ben's car in the in the Spider Man trilogy. Uh, one of the Coen brothers was what in on the editing on this one? Yeah, the Coen brothers kind of helped him out uh, with some stuff. And uh, John, I don't know if you noticed they use anytime they use. Um, any extras? They call them fake shemps. It's uh, it's in the credits. I caught that. Yeah, I caught that. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so funny. <laughs> yeah, Ramy's Ramy's a huge Three Stooges fan, so they're oh, they're well, called. I, I figured that out. I figured that out when I saw the second one. I went, oh my god, he really is a huge Three Stooges fan because that scene where he's hitting himself with the plates. You know? Yes, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> with his like, hand. And you know you oh don't you God. don't we'll talk about it when we will do evil well let's just go in right into Evil Dead Two uh, go ahead and give us the breakdown on that Patrick Evil Dead Two Dead by Dawn uh, this movie released in 1987 on March 13th got a 7.8 on IMDb 95 percent on Rotten Tomatoes with a budget of 3.5 million gross 10.9 million 
Uh, Dino De Laurentiis had a hand in producing this because Stephen King was working with Dino De Laurentiis on Maximum Overdrive and uh, convinced Dino to uh, Dino De Laurentiis to produce this movie, throw some money. I've never that seen way. it. So yeah, well we we could have. People had done their homework, but uh, it was busy. I understand. I, I get it. It was a busy week. Um, there was a baseball game. There, was a, there were baseball games. Uh, by the way, nerds, you can stop calling it sports ball. We get it. You don't like sports. <sighs> anyway, yeah, but you like Quidditch. Anyway, um, uh, that's just a personal rant. Don't listen to me. Um, Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn, John Sandy, Let's talk about it. You like this one much better. What did oh, you like? What did it you was like? A blast. What did you like about it? Well, it was a blast. It was a hell of a lot of fun, and it really, it it is just a for, for my money. It's just a it's a remake of the first one, but um, he's just taking it to the next level, and uh, it's just it's just so much fun. And you really see when people really talk about all these people that are Bruce Campbell fans. I never really quite got it. In this one, you see what it is that he just does all these crazy stunts. He's, some of those shots, I mean, it's that you can tell it's not a stunt man. He's no. actually just doing some crazy physical stuff and the whole thing with his hand. And yeah, that's, that's like such I a- said, that scene where he's hitting himself with all the dishes, you just go, God, this is just, <laughs> this is just brutal. You know? Yeah. Sam Raimi, lo- he says that Sam Raimi loves to torture him. And uh, uh, yeah, well, you know, I'll tell you, I'd always read that Sam Raimi was a Three Stooges fan. I didn't realize to what extent until I saw Evil Dead Two, and I just realized there's so much of it. It's right out of the Three Stooges. Yeah, it, it works. It works. And, uh, it, it does work. It does work. I, the the whole thing with the hand is just hilarious. It's yeah, ter- it's hilarious and it's also creepy. Really tough to have both those things happening at the same time. Yeah, but the way the hand crawling across the floor and dragging the body was just brilliant, <laughs> you know? And then when he realizes that he's just going to have to like, just stop it in its tracks and cut it off. Yeah. Just, yeah. just craziness. Just oh, I craziness. love when he's, I no, love, I just, I enjoyed the hell out. My favorite stuff is when he's trying to kill the hand and he's talking to, him, he's like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> he's doing that muttering <laughs> that, oh, he's so good. He's, he really is great at it. He's a good physical comedian. Uh, yeah, does these crazy expressions, but not over the top, and just his delivery, yeah. his delivery on some of the stuff is really, really well done. And you know, he and he yeah. and he and Raimi make such a good team. Um, yeah, th- that I always love when he when he pops up in other stuff that Raimi does. R- Raimi always throws him a bone. So like in Spider Man, he's the ring announcer for right. uh, yeah. You right. know, he he shows yeah. up in like the weirdest spots in like these Raimi movies and he always kind of like steals whatever scene he's in. Um, but uh, you, you, you don't, you, I guess he's also, um, uh, I mean, from looking at the credits, I guess he's a producer on most of these films. So yeah. 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 He's yeah. Obviously in, he's involved behind the scenes too, obviously. So yeah. Um, uh, but I think I finally got why people are, are specifically Bruce Campbell fans because uh this movie in particular, it's, it's just, uh, it's unbelievable the abuse he takes. And it's, it's, you know, it's just nuts, you know, face first into the mud puddle. And, yes. Uh, yeah. But really, the one with the dishes is just insane. Just, you know, 
hitting himself on the head with the dishes. You're just like, wow, that's just, <laughs> that's like Mo and Larry and Shemp on steroids. You yeah, know? exactly. It's just crazy. Just fun times. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I love it. You know, the, he plays a lot of it straight. He plays a lot of it, and it works. You know, someday you know he knows when to get yeah. Ray, and Ramy knows when to get him to be goofy and when to get him to be. You know, this is a more serious moment, and uh, and some yeah. of the effects in there are great. And you know, you got stop motion going on, and uh, and some of those mask effects, those rubber masks, look really cool, and the prosthetics and stuff that are going on. I always think that something's gonna more is gonna come from the girl swallowing the eyeball, but it never does. I always think it's gonna. <laughs> You know what? I was waiting. I was going, this has got to be, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. There's got to be a follow-up to her swallowing the eyeball. No, she just swallowed it. She's fine. She's good. Uh, I think the craziest scene for me is not the most obviously crazy, but when when they lock him in there and you realize he's down there with the mom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) You know what? Like this reanimated corpse. And you're like, oh, this is just terrible. He's all, get me the hell out of here. Get me the hell out of here. Someone's in my fruit cellar. Yeah. (laughs) Or how about Uh, swallow your soul? Swallow your soul. When she starts uh, singing that uh, that lullaby, you're just like, Christ, this is creepy as hell. You know. (laughs) Mario, that uh, eyeball scene was shot in reverse, so originally it goes the other way. Yeah, I figured. Uh, You you can always see those. You can always kind of tell something's a little off. <laughs> it always looks like the Peter Cushing scene in uh, Top Secret that you guys hated, but uh, uh, it always yeah. it always kind of looks unnatural. And here I thought they launched an launched an eyeball into her mouth at like forty miles an hour. Well, you could do that. <laughs> Did you really think that, Jake? <laughs> I know you didn't. Uh, I'm glad you like that one, John, and I'm glad you you finally on board the. Uh, the Bruce Campbell train, because you really need to be on board that train for Army of Darkness. Because if oh, you're yeah, not... Well, I, here's the weird thing. I, I saw Army of Darkness when it came out in the theater, and I was trying to imagine what the previous two must have been like. So when this one ends with him in that medieval castle, I'm like, oh, it really is a direct sequel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they give you... What's great about Can Army I of see? Darkness, though, is they give you a little, like, a rewind on it. They give you a yeah. little... They catch you up, you know? Yeah, but that's another. I can't wait to get to that one because that's one of my all-time favorite horror comedies. Just like, just like, um, like uh, Shaun of the Dead. Well, I was gonna say, like you said, Patrick, that was probably my favorite until Shaun of the Dead. It's it's pretty close. Yeah, uh, but a lot of the reason that Army of Darkness works is because of Bruce Campbell and his delivery and his his uh, physicality. So, uh, but we'll get to that in a, in a few months when we get to uh, army of darkness, but I'm really glad you liked it, John. That's great. And um, yeah, it's right up your alley. It's scary enough in the right places. And then it's, you know, and then it's just, and then the, you have, I love the scene where, where she stabs the guy on accident and then she's trying to close the door and she gets his legs and <laughs> drag him in. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. It's good. You stuff. know what put this in uh what puts this in context is that same interview. I was watching that same interview with Quentin Tarantino. And he said, um, he says, uh, evil dead two and, uh, raising Arizona came out within, I think 12 months of each other. And he said, he and his friends were so blown away by the way they were shot. And they just said, my God, why would you ever shoot a movie any other way? (laughs) You know, the way both of those movies had that the camera is, you know, you're just going, how do they do that? The camera is completely subjective, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, it's, whether it's flying across the woods or like in the case of raising Arizona, it's going through the grocery store at a hundred miles an hour. 
Yeah. And he said, it just felt so right. And it made everything else feel really old fashioned. He said, seeing those two movies made everything that preceded it just seem completely outdated. And you know that, <laughs> so, you know that Raimi being friends with the Coen brothers, they, I mean, they had to have borrowed from each other and, and been influenced yeah. by each other. So it's kind of a, it's kind of cool to see that. Uh, yeah. Raimi kind of gets to start first yeah. and then the Coen brothers kind of pick up and, and, you know, take it to, to their level. You know, take it in a different well, direction, I, but I got a I got a question for Patrick. They keep talking about this movie that all three of them were involved in, uh, called Crime Wave. You ever seen it? I have not. I think it's it's on my list down the road to watch. I, I have it on Blu-ray, John. I can lend it to you. Yeah. I, what do you? Because it seems like that came out in between Evil Dead One and Evil Dead Two, and I guess in between Blood Simple and Raising Arizona. Mm-hmm. And it's a uh, it's so, a very um, it's a very broad, a very and it's kind of a very broad movie, a, a a very much a tribute to the Three Stooges. But I will tell you that Bruce Campbell is in it for a very very small cameo, and a very small part. And he has one of the greatest lines I've ever heard. He asks a girl, "How'd you like to come back to my place for a little scotch and sofa?" <laughs> <laughs> And you have to imagine it's said in that in that uh, Bruce Campbell kind of delivery. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic, but I will I will lend it to you. It's a very very strange movie. It, it doesn't always work, but it, it, it definitely something you want to see if, as a curio for, for something that guess, all three of them worked on. I do have the Blu-ray. It's kind of hard to find. Actually, the, go ahead. I'm sorry. They said that the, I just was just gonna say that I read that the studio made him change it so much that nobody was happy with it because uh, the studio made him. Uh, you know, rewrite it, reshoot it, do all this stuff. And by the time it was done, the, the three of them weren't particularly happy with it. So. Yeah. Um, I think Brent from Home Video Hustle is the one that gave me the uh, the heads up on that coming out on Blu-ray. And I picked it up. So I will lend it to you, John. I'll get it to you. Cool. Crime Wave, yeah. Cool. Uh, Justine, what did you think of The Evil Dead Part Dose? Um, like I said, it was frustrating if you just you just have to... I wish you kind of already knew that it wasn't a news story. Um, and then seeing the history of it and how it started was really cheesy. Um, I could have done without that. They could have just told the story instead of showing it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the girl was a better actress. Mm-hmm. But this time he was possessed. So that was a whole different thing. And... Yeah, and you know the forest is always raping. Forests, <laughs> forests be raping. And some rapey trees. Yeah, stay away from those trees, yeah. man. Forests uh, always yeah. be raping. Dang. Um, yeah, it was good. I just, I don't know. It just wasn't. I mean, they already know what happened with their last movie, so that's probably why they're not making it as scary or kind of even trying it's just more comedic than anything now mm-hmm. um, but I do love like that whole scene with him using the hand to crawl forward and then he moves forward is so creepy and so good mm-hmm. um, and funny I, I was watching it trying to see like how are they doing that and I loved it that part I like and you got you get it doesn't seem like a lot you know a lot of people wouldn't consider that acting but he's dead still except for his hand. His hand is moving seemingly independently from his body, and it looks like it's moving. It looks like it's it's acting independently from the rest of him. So that is some acting. That's actually pretty solid, good acting. 
And yeah. uh, and like when you know there's no special effects, then you know it's just even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And uh, Bruce Campbell, you know, is a fun person to he he's a good leading man because you kind of want to root for him. You know, you're you're rooting for him. He's going through hell, and you're kind of rooting for him. And he's kind of funny. And uh, but there's something about him that you just kind of go. You know, I like this guy, and I hope he makes it out. You know what I mean? Like, if if we know years later that, you know, he survives, of course, but if you just walked to this movie in the movie theater in the 80s and you saw that, you're like, dude, I hope this guy makes it, you know? You know, you, uh, you kind of start yeah. root, you kind of start rooting for him, you know? And you, you do kind of feel bad when he gets possessed. You're like, oh, no, like, he, that's supposed to be our when guy. He was possessed, it was like a game changer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I like when he's like, I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay. I'm really okay. Now. <laughs> Good stuff. Good Stop stuff. trying to kill just, me. This movie, just you can tell it was a realization of they know who they are now and what yeah. this movie is going to be. So, yeah, it's kind of Evil Dead special edition kind of. And then the, the effects look creepy. Like, the, the you know, so like some of the rubber masks and all that always look really, really cre- creepy. And uh, and the the head that just goes, I'll swallow your soul, I'll swallow your soul. Um, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Uh, Jake, what did you think of Evil Dead Two: Dead by Dawn? Yeah, it def- it definitely feels like they kind of realized what they re- what they wanted this movie to be in the second one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it it rides that line between just creepy and funny. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, the whole the whole scene where he's fighting his hand, I thought was really great. Um, also, very logical step to be like, okay, I lost my hand. What needs to go there? A chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it had been yeah. it had been foretold in the prophecy. There was a picture of it, so yeah. it was so, it was I mean, implanted. Clearly, that's yeah. the logical step. I do like the uh, I do like a chainsaw for a hand and a shotgun. I do like that. Yeah, the the ballerina zombie I thought was also <laughs> Yeah, that's really cool. Cool stop motion. I love it. Yeah, I thought that was, yeah. I thought that was solid. Um yeah, all the masks are getting super creepy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it like it kind of goes it jumps back and forth, like it gets creepy for a little bit, and then it throws you a little something funny to kind of lighten the mood a little bit kind of keep and then you're off guard when they throw something else creepy at you so it kind of it's like a nice roller coaster you end up, you feel bad too because the people that end up at the cabin all die horrible deaths they all pretty oh, much they're all, they're, yeah. they're all decent people you know mm-hmm. are from well, for the most part yeah uh just don't the run into, the overalls is a little creepy a little just, bit. just don't run into the forest that's what i've learned from watching evil dead movies stay away from the trees don't run into the forest and um I, think that's what the I mean, song. that's just a good rule of thumb in general. Just don't run into the forest. Yeah, that's what the song uh, Trees is about by uh, um, Rush. Uh, Patrick, you love Evil Dead. How do you feel about Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn? So, uh, as it is a common misconception, this is not a remake. Uh, the reason why they couldn't, uh, why it feels like remake is they had to reshoot a lot of stuff because they weren't able to get the rights to use recaps from the original film and this one. Ah. And so they had to kind of get clever and kind of reintroduce you to some of the stuff that happened before. So that's kind of what they're doing here. Um, but 
what really makes this one for me is Bruce Campbell. Like it's this is like his moment to shine and where you really start to see him overact and really just kind of you know push the boundaries as far as who that character is and it's just a lot of fun um so it's 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 definitely still a scary movie but the amount of humor they were able able to pull out of it is fantastic this one's nice because you get like kind of the best of both word worlds from evil dead one and army of darkness where you have the horror and you have the humor as you hit army of darkness the horror factor really dissipates and it's very much just on the nose, like ridiculous fun horror comedy. Yes. Um, so this one's kind of a nice blend between the two and I, I like that about it, but um, I definitely, you know, it's, it's a more solid polished version of the first one. I still think, but that, you know, it makes sense why that kind of, you get that feeling. Um, I, I would agree on all those points and uh it improves upon the original for sure. Um, and it also, like you said, it expands, gives Bruce Campbell a lot more to do. And they kind of realize, yeah, you see how good of an actor he is. And like, because it's his own unique style, like that's who Bruce Campbell is. And you, you really get to see like him shine. Well, what's funny about this, like when I watched army of darkness, you know, early on, you know, Bruce Campbell hadn't quite become the cult figure. He is now. He wasn't on, yeah. Oh, I think he used to be on Xena or on one of those or, and then he was on, uh, you know, he's kind of had like a, a cult career where he pops up here and there. Um, I didn't really know who he was. And so um, it really, like, I was like, who is this guy? He's hilarious. You know, why mm-hmm. isn't this guy, why isn't this guy famous? Why don't I know this guy? He seems like he should be famous. Um, and so you, you do get a lot of like him coming into his own, in this movie yeah, and you kind of wonder how he didn't have a bigger career. And I just think it's people maybe didn't know how to use him, you know, uh, right. you know, he's yeah. very unique. Like he's, he's definitely a type act. Like he, you have to kind of typecast him in that overarching kind of, well, you know what it is? His, um, his problem is he's not overacting. He's not, he's too good looking to be as goofy as he can be. That's his problem. Yeah. He's, yep. he's a good looking guy. And so you don't think of him as being like this goofball, you know what I mean? So, but the fact that he it's can kind of like a, it's like John Hamm when he does comedies, it's kind of weird. Yeah. You're like, Hey, this guy. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, Hey, this guy's too good looking to be goofy. Like John Hamm is good at playing like a douchebag, like being funny. Yeah. He yeah. can play a douche, but, but if he's going to do a comedy. That's what he is. He's a douche. That's yeah. He, he gets typecast in those roles. Cause he's too good looking to be just funny like you're just like oh you know this guy you know because john you're right he's doing some very physical stuff so why doesn't he look like jerry lewis why does he look like he could be the lead in the movie you know what there's like an alternate there's an alternate universe where he had jim carrey's career you know yeah uh because it looks like it looks like he could pull off a lot of that physical stuff that jim carrey does yeah and uh and and a lot of the crazy like hamminess too Mm -hmm. so it seems like (laughs) On another, on, in another dimension, he could have had Jim Carrey's career, maybe. You know, I, I don't know, that. John. I don't know if you ever get a chance to watch the uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead, which was the the series they did. Like a, it was like a sequel series they just did a few years ago, right? And he's fantastic in it, and you're just like, man, this guy could have. Why did this Bruce Campbell not have a bigger career? Um, if you, yeah. you you should read his book called If Chins Could Kill. It's great. And it's 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 all about it's all about his career as a B movie actor and um, yeah 
and uh, I so I I love him. I'll go. I'll support him in anything because I'm. He's always great. He's always really good. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, yeah. I think I think he's too good looking. You don't take him. You don't take him seriously as comic relief because you're like this guy should be the lead. He shouldn't be slapping himself in the face with a with a skeleton hand. What's he doing? But at the same time, like it's an interesting take to see. Like, hey, that's your lead actor. And he's going to be the one who's making you laugh the whole time. Like, it's interesting. You don't yeah. see that often. No, I, I love it. I, and, and I love it. And 90% of, like I said, 90% of why Army of Darkness works is because you have Bruce Campbell in the lead. I feel like it's the same oh, 100%. thing. 100%. Like, yeah. I agree with that totally. If it was any other actor, that movie would be trash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he brings something. I agree completely. He, he brings something to it. But we're going to get to that when we get to Army of Darkness. Uh, so, uh, so. We hit everybody. Does anybody have any final thoughts on the Evil Dead? Uh, it's, well, it's not the trilogy, but the the first two Evil Deads. Anybody have anything else they want to add? No. I kind of wish we had watched all three. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, it kind of sucks that it breaks up into the nineties. We have to wait for the nineties. Hey, you know but- what? Um, what if we watched that? Just an idea. What if we watched it next week and then we kind of get it all together? Oh, we can do that if you guys want to jump ahead. We can we can add uh, Army of Darkness to the because it's not very long. It's only like it's, your other one. Your um, the Maximum Overdrive. Oh, you want to do two weeks of Halloween? Yeah, why not? Let's get spoopy about it. All right, all right. So, <laughs> so honestly, like so, I, you know, for me at least, like this trilogy feels like one cohesive long movie, and you kind of have to watch them all together. All right, so Jake, let's hold off. We'll hold off on on Maximum Overdrive till next week, buddy. I know you watched it, but. Now you got a week to just chill and watch Army of Darkness over. Because you're going to want to watch it like seven or eight times, I'm telling you right now. Yeah. It's a classic. <laughs> it's a classic. Um, that, way we don't have to, uh, that way we don't have to pick up the thread like, you know, two months from now or something. We're still like fresh on the, uh, all right. the Bruce I like, Campbell experience. I like that idea. So we're going to skip ahead to Army of Darkness. We're going to break into the 90s. We're going to break the wall much like Poltergeist. We're going to have a, a <laughs> we're going to have a, we're going to have a bisection, a bisectional area of the house and we're going to go in through the closet and it's going to poop out through the ceiling in the in the living room and it's going to come out army of darkness so uh let's rank evil dead 2 uh john what did you give evil dead 2 i will give it a 7.5 7.5 all right uh justine (sighs) heavy sigh 6.5 Six Same point. as the first one. Jake, what did you give uh, Evil Dead uh, Dose? Uh, I'm on the same page, John. 7.5. 7.5. Patrick? Uh, it's an 8. I'm going to give it an 8 as well. Me and Patrick are right on. We're right on. Uh, I think I'm starting to think you and I both appreciate these movies for the same thing. And, I, if you, and I'm going to tell you something. I know what score you're going to give Army of Darkness. Of and course. I'm just telling you right now. I don't think it's too high. I'm just going to tell you that right now because you're going to give it, you're going to give it the same score. I'm going to give it. And these guys are going to be like, what the hell? You're going to be like, yeah, it's an eight. And I'm like, no, you you gave that the same score as Godfather two. And I'm going to proudly say yes. Um, Yeah. 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 Uh, Patrick, what, Patrick, what did you think of the, uh, that TV show that, uh, what is it? it. Evil like, Dead versus I, Ash. I, I never watched it. It's on my list to watch because oh, he's in it, mm. but it's not something I've like made the time he for. He is so good, at, and he's such a douchebag in it, dude. It's so good. 
and it's Bruce Campbell. Just, he's still he's still playing Ash, right? He's still playing Ash, and he's trying to get over everything that's happened to him. And uh, he's just kind of like a he's a he's a loser. It's really great, and he's just like an old you know he's like an older guy, but he's still oh you have to see it. You, I have to. He's so good in it. And I it's think what it's, we'll do is after we finish Army of Darkness next week, I'll and, start watching. And some of it is really scary. They do a good job of. It's very Evil Dead in that you know somebody will be normal and then a second later they're possessed. You know, so yeah, I know they had a huge budget for it too. Yeah, like a it, it's a lot of fun. It's is like, there a is there a Sam Raimi connection with the TV show? I believe he produced it. I believe he may have produced it, but um, I think Ted Raimi may have been involved in it. Um, I'm not sure if someone wants to look that up and and, and uh, but it's I'm a lot of fun. And they had they had they had money for it. And there's some really genuinely scary stuff. Um, you know, it looks like um, I was looking at the Sam Raimi filmography. It looks like he hasn't done a movie in he's done some TV, but he hasn't done a movie in about five or six years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's had a little bit of a hiatus. But, but you know what? They've got him listed for the next Doctor Strange movie. Oh, that'd be great. That be that seems like a really good well, that seems like a really good match, don't you think? Well, because they wanted yeah, to do it, yeah. they wanted to go in the direction of a horror movie, and he'd be perfect. Mm-hmm. He's the perfect he's the perfect guy to do it. Um, there you go, because he's got that sensibility. I mean, think of John. Think about the the think about the surgery scene in Spider Man Two when the arms uh-huh. become so like <laughs> everything you saw in Evil Dead is present in that scene, and just oh, with, yeah. just with You're more right. just with more polish. You know, yeah, and, and for sure. He's still got the same sensibility, <laughs> you know, and what he can do. And of course, like you said about the um, about Quentin Tarantino, about the camera moving. Well, who else would you get to do Spider-Man? You know, moving through yeah. the canyons of Manhattan, you know, like swinging yeah. on webs. It's like you, you need a guy who can, you know, work with a camera who that's constantly camera. moving. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of his stuff just makes makes perfect sense. So uh, did you Are find we, anything? Um, he produced it. Uh, he produced. Uh, the series and directed the first episode. There you go. Great. Yeah, it's funny, John. It's really good. It's funny and it's it's equal parts scary and funny. So it's it's really good. It's worth checking out. I'll have to check. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Sun yeah. stars. Yep. Uh, I think you can get it on DVD it's, now. Uh, I think it's out on DVD Mario, now. Mario. Uh, w- Mario, when we get to the nineties, is uh, are we going to do Dark Man? We are. Dark Dark Man's actually going to be pretty uh, pretty early in the rotation. Uh, right on. Yeah, yeah. It'll be. We might. We might hit it by the end of the year. I think. Right on. Because th- this th- this part of the year gets hard because we start picking through, and then we you know we hit we hit the holidays, so we start doing. Hey, let's do this and let's do that. So we we kind of deviate more this time of year than we mm-hmm. do any other time. But uh, we're gonna get to it pretty early on. Uh, I think See, the holidays right screw on. up everything. Yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get to it pretty early on. So and it's nice because we'll have we'll still have the first Batman fresh in our minds. So. Um, those movies kind of uh, beg a comparison, I think, sometimes. So uh should be good. Uh, Absolutely. Now, Jake, did he, did everyone watch Poltergeist this week? Uh, we're kind of throwing this in here as, as a bonus. All right. All right. Look, you want to give us a breakdown on Poltergeist? Uh, they're, uh... Actually, you know what? I'm, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I am so sorry. Let's take a quick break, and I'm going to reconnect with you guys because we're getting close to the uh, we're getting close to the to the time limit. And uh, what okay. I'm going to do is we're going to take a break, and uh, the people at home don't need to hear this, but I'll reconnect with you guys. So 
you, those of you sitting at home, we're going to be right back after these massages. I'm such a dad. Welcome back to Superiority Complex, guys, your new favorite podcast. We're doing three segments today. We're about to talk about Poltergeist, which we I rudely interrupted Patrick. Uh, Patrick, go ahead and give us the breakdown on Poltergeist. Uh, this 1982 film released on June 4th. Got a 7.3 on IMDb, a 86 on Rotten Tomatoes, with a whopping budget of... Hold on, I scrolled past it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Ah. Um, 10.7 million. It grossed uh, 77.1 million dollars. This movie was huge. Yeah. Spielberg with a capital Y. Uh, let's, yeah, this is Spielberg produced but directed by Tobey Hooper. Yeah, he produced and wrote it. Uh, this feels very much like a Spielberg movie at the start and then takes uh, quickly takes a turn. But it feels very much Spielberg. This seems like it was shot in the same neighborhood where they shot E.T. Uh, seems to be like the same corner of suburbia. Uh, typical suburban family. Feels like a very much feels like a Spielberg movie. Has the, Who did the score on this? Um, Let me get that for you right uh, you now. Score. Feels- uh, Jake wants to say it was um, No it's not Boingo Boingo but it was not uh, Jerry Goldsmith Jerry Goldsmith Okay it's It felt like it could have been a little bit of a John Williams score uh, But I knew it wasn't A little bit A little bit, a little bit. Uh, Let's talk about it John and I were, John and I were uh, alive This movie was huge when I was a kid um, a very big movie. A lot of my childhood is in this movie. So that kid's bedroom, the Dodger hat, the Rams helmet. I didn't have a helmet, but I had Rams sticker, Rams jacket. The clown. The, 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 no, but when we first moved, when we first moved to where my mom's house is now, there was a lemon tree outside and it was scraggly. And I remember the first night in the house that we didn't have curtains up yet. Cause we had just moved in. And, uh, this lemon tree was right outside my window and I just remember it freaking me out. And I just remember staring at it the whole night waiting for it to look, you know? Uh, so when I saw this in the theater, like a year or two later, it like brought those memories back. Um, but the star Wars sheets, he had the Darth Vader, uh, figure collector's head. Uh, the, the, the Darth Vader thing in the back is actually full of action figures. That's what he had. And he had a bunch of Empire's eggs back action figures there. Um, so I spotted this kid's room and I'm like, he's got the Darth Vader poster. He's got all kinds of stuff. When in was, there. Um, I saw George Lucas's name on there. He wrote it, right? Mm-mm. No. Spielberg produced it. Yeah, Spielberg and wrote produced it. and wrote it. Along with Michael Gracias. There's two more credits. I thought I saw uh, Spielberg's Victor. name somewhere. Or sorry, Lucas. You name saw Spielberg's somewhere. name, but not uh this is very much a very much a Spielberg feeling film, uh, but uh with with an added layer of horror that I don't think Spielberg uh is not signature Spielberg, but very much Toby Hooper at this time was was uh, was famous because he had made um I don't uh, see his name anywhere. Texas Chainsaw oh, okay. Massacre. I thought I saw his name and when um they were rolling the Beginning can, credits. Can we have Hooper? 
you can we you saw Spielberg is what you saw maybe you got him confused but um give me a rundown of what Hooper had done up until this time please Patrick mm-hmm. hold on let me click on his name uh well you know so Salem's lot would have been after Texas Chainsaw Massacre right I, I believe uh, Texas so. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Salem's Lot, uh, Poltergeist, Life Force. This is like his third movie. Okay, so he had mm-hmm. done he had done Salem's Lot, which we all loved. Oh, uh, fourth mm-hmm. movie. No, he's got more. He's got Eaten Alive, Funhouse. Oh, Funhouse, um, I remember that. Eggshells in 1969. Yeah, so I mean, he's done a couple things. All right. Uh, so yeah, but this at this time he was more, most notorious for making the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, mm-hmm. and so he does this kind of family film, uh, this kind of this horror family film set in suburbia. Uh, John, did you see this movie on its initial release? Yes. Yeah. And uh, and um, I think by that time the Spielberg name was getting you know if you saw his name on a poster everybody just went mm-hmm. you know he'd already done. Raiders of the Lost Ark and E.T. and all that stuff, Jaws. So you see his name on a poster, you're just going to check it out. And plus, the trailers look pretty pretty good. Mm-hmm. The trailers were very, very enticing. So, yeah, I think we were probably there opening night. And what did you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's great the way it kind of sucks you in because it starts off sort of innocuous. And they, they really then they really lower the hammer, you know. It starts getting really crazy by the end. Mm-hmm. You know, at first it's kind of playful, and then by the end you're like, "Holy shit!" You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one one thing I love about the way they do this is that um, the the subtle they they really let you they really set it up well so that you get to know the family pretty much. You get to see their daily life, you get to see what they're into, and you get to really like them. Um, you get to really like them, even though the dad is reading a book about Reagan. Um, but you kind of, um, you, you feel like you understand the family and the dynamic and everything they have and the family yeah. gets along well, even the, even the teenage daughter who could be like, you know, obnoxious or whatever, the family gets along. And so, you know, they're, you know, so when things start going wrong, you do feel for the family. Um, yeah. you know, it's kind of hard cause the teenage daughter kind of gets the short shrift, but having, being the dad of a teenager, I'm like, uh, you know, they do kind of self-sequester themselves at this point. So, you're just kind of like, okay, that, you know, you don't really need to focus on that because that's not where the focus is, but um, but, you know, you see that it has enough of an effect on the other kids uh, that uh, you see that the whole family's going through this trauma. But I, what, the, what I love is what, what, what really struck me about this is that you slowly begin to realize how, I mean, obviously things are bad at the start, but or how bad things, how worse things are, or how bad they really are, when they bring in the team of paras, uh, parapsychologists, and they're all outclassed. They've never seen anything like this, you know. Yeah. You, you immediately yeah. like, oh, okay, they're they you know, the, this this lady seems like she knows what she's doing, you know. They're they're scientists. They're gonna they're gonna figure this out, and then they they quickly realize they're out of their league. Um, it was so yeah. funny when they were like, it's gonna it's like, yeah, that thing took seven hours to move. <laughs> yeah. that little car. The matchbox car, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let well. me unlock this door for you. <laughs> I he unlocks the door with a key of imagination, and John knows why I said that. But um 
Uh, John, did you immediately think of that Twilight Zone episode when you saw this, or did it take a while oh, to realize? For sure. Yeah, for sure. But but then you realize there's probably like a whole generation that didn't that wasn't familiar with that Twilight Zone. So um, no, it just looks like it, it kind of took that idea and just took it a little further, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and were were you were were there? Because as a kid seeing this, you know, I'm a little kid, so of course everything's scary. Were, was there genuine scares for you seeing it? You know, you were you were a teenager at this time. Was it? Was it? Uh, was it? Yeah, sca- I was already out of high school. Nothing that was like uh, nothing that scared me. But uh, what was really uncomfortable is when she falls in the swimming pool and she's just surrounded by bodies. You know, dead bodies. Yeah. Uh, that was that's that's pretty creepy stuff. You know. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But I think that the, for the older people is the idea that maybe they weren't going to be able to get this little girl back. That becomes kind of uncomfortable. Is it wherever she's at, maybe we're not going to be able to actually get her back, you know? I'll tell you what, seeing this now, uh, having I hadn't seen it in years, and it really held up for me, but I really felt for the parents. I really, this time around, I was really feeling for what the parents must be going through. And you got to give credit to Craig T. Nelson and uh, Joe Beth Williams because they do a great job uh, conveying yeah. that. Uh, conveying that. And, you know, every time she talks to her daughter and, that you know, just, you know, uh, it's just, it's heartbreaking. It's a heartbreaking movie. Yeah. You're just like, wow, this is really just uh, like, you know, it's every parent's worst nightmare to the nth degree, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, I, that really struck me this time. I don't think, I, I think maybe, you know, the last time I watched this, either you know, I I just that just didn't register, or it might have I might have not watched this since my daughter's been born. I might not have seen this in twenty years, but uh, yeah. when I was a kid, it was a it was a staple. It was one that I used to like to watch, um, just because of all of the the different. Horror. You you used you said you used to identify with the kid. It was your room, and now you identify with the dad. Well, you know? well that's how much time is that's how much time has passed. You've gone from. The kid to the dad. Yeah, you know? and one one thing is one thing I've learned this week is definitely stay away from the trees. Don't don't go near the trees. Oh, I <laughs> know there's another tree. What is it with the killer trees, man? Jesus, man. <laughs> uh, they are they are these trees are criminals. Uh, they, you know they make yes. great shadows. They're yeah. raping they and pillaging. The crazy the shadow knows. Yeah, the sh- yeah, no kidding. Uh, so did this hold up for you this time, John? Did it, did it? Uh, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. 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 You know the only thing that, that you know the effects are always dated, but other than that, I think it hold as a movie it holds up. And I, I you know, I love the the picture of suburbia that Spielberg seems obsessed yeah. with, and uh, and that you know, yeah, I, I think it's because uh, that's I think that's when he grew up. That's the sort of thing he 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 grew up in suburbia, and so I think that's what he connects to is, um, and also I think there hadn't been a lot of. Uh, Sci-fi and horror movies that, t- that took place in suburbia. Usually, it's it's not. That's not usually what the setting is. That's kind of a more modern setting. So, Exorcist. I think when these movies, what's that? The Exorcist. I thought that was the first one where it was in suburbia. Oh, that's true. Yeah, and I never not, thought of that. Not that... like a Transylvania place. It was. Yeah, you're that. right. My dad always told yeah. me that. <laughs> about yeah, you're right. That's the first one that takes place, and it's like, uh, yeah, like a modern setting. You're right. Or it's maybe like, like a, maybe a like the old Gothic castle. Or Rosemary's yeah. Mo, Mo, Rosemary's Baby. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Would be another one. But I think with Spielberg, I think that's why, particularly E.T. and Poltergeist, it's because that's he's familiar with that, and he's kind of pulling from his own childhood memories, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but boy, John, this really... It really takes you back to the early '80s. That house, everything is so early '80s. 
subdivision. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's really, really crazy um, how they. The uh, furniture. Yeah. The furniture and the toys and all that, that kind of takes you right back what to a, the 80s. What know? a great opening, though. The National Anthem. I mean, if you're any a, if you're a certain age, you know what that means. You know, like my TV is over. Yeah, that's what my wife said. My wife goes, "Well, TV's all done. Go to bed." Yeah. <laughs> you remember they used I was to? Like, um, oh, they're done watching TV. <laughs> they, they used to have that thing that says, "This concludes our broadcasting day." Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And then there'd be nothing. Like now, there's there's no you know you don't have that anymore. Where it goes to a test pattern or it goes to a flag. It's like all stations are on 24 hours a day. You know? Yeah. Well, that's why, you know, John, it was, it was, uh, you know, when I was like in, in, like, again, when I used to stay up late to watch Letterman, it was Letterman, then Tom Snyder, and then NBC's done for the day. And uh, the only, you know, the local channels would stay on 24 hours sometimes. Uh, like 13, the late, the late, late show, 13 or 11 or nine, but the, the, the major channels would go off. Like, that's it. You're done. You know? And some of them, like, if you were like five or 11 or nine, you'd, you'd have the late show. Then the late late show, and after that the late late show. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Uh, yeah, you'd have weird movies on it, like you know, three in the morning. But that was it. And that was kind of fun. But did you ever? I, I can remember falling asleep in front of the TV and having oh. it just be static. Oh, sure. You wake up and, and it's that just, is kind of yeah. It's, just a, <laughs> it's a weird feeling. Yeah. Uh, do you remember on Channel Seven they used to do ABC would do the thing they would they would do the national anthem and then they would do the poem. The air, it was the guy in the Air Force plane, and I touched the face of God. And uh, do you remember that? <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> yeah. See, uh, that's uh, so crazy. Uh, Patrick, are you in front of your computer? Mm-hmm. See if you can find KABC uh, sign off. See if you can Google that and see if that comes up on YouTube. See if that KABC uh, was that a poem? It was a poem. Was a poem that they said. What was it? 1982 what? sign off. Yeah, try that. Uh, play it and see what it does. Put it up to the speaker. Let's let's hear it. Was that something know, they read when the astronauts off. landed? Was was that something that? I have no idea. Let's hear it. I think that's something that they read when the astronauts landed on the moon. I can't hear it. Why is it on TV Guide? Hold on. I think I found it. All right, here we go. Just playing the national anthem. Yeah, are they showing jets? Yeah. Oh, this is it. Oh, my God, you found it. Yeah, it's the first one that comes up. I can send it to you. Uh, Put it up to the speaker. Let me hear it. I I have headphones on. I can't get close to the speaker. It's far away. You son of a bitch. (laughs) Sorry. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, read that poem to me, would you? <laughs> I, re- I just remember that. Read and, it like Walter. Read it like Walter Cronkite. And touch the face of God. Yeah, what's the lead up to that? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, uh, Google that. Uh, I can't. I'm not in front of a computer. And touch the face of God poem. But I just put that in. I don't know. What do you think that is, like Carl Sandberg or something? I have or? no idea. This is crazy. That we're th- that just popped into my head. I remember the KBC who's the sound. Other, or like, who's the other guy? Robert Frost. Whoa. Um. John Gillespie, Maggie McGee's High Flight. 
Yeah. Read it, John. Read it. Read it, Patrick. And I want you to get very, I want you to get very uh, stoic. Oh, have I slipped the surly bonds of earth and danced the skies on laughter silvered wings? Sunward I have climbed and joined tumbling with of sun split clouds and done a hundred things. You've not dreamed of wheeled sword and swamp. High is the sunlit silence. Hovering there, I chased the shouting wind long and flung my eager craft through the footless hills, halls of air. And that was it? Up the heights with easy grace where never lark nor ever eagle flew. And while silent lifting mind, I trod the high untrespassed sanctity of space. Put my hand out and touched the face of God. There it is. <laughs> wow. There it is, John. Crazy. So guys, guys, wow. guys. He sounded, he sounded just like uh, Eric Severide or David Brinkley. <laughs> <laughs> or Paul Harvey. Good day. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what? MAGA. I just realized what MAGA is all about. That's what they want to go back to. They want to go back to when they would play that poem and TV would end and they wouldn't get, you wouldn't get liberal messages subliminally beamed into your brain in the middle of the night. And you don't get no, adult swim on the news. Clock after nine o'clock. Yeah. You don't get all that brainwashing TV. Yeah. Two, two o'clock TV. Commercials. Yeah. I wonder when was that? Does it say when that was written? What that poem was it written? Uh, is that like yeah, really old, change. or is it like uh, nineteen forty one to forty six? In between that time mm. period, because it's wow. never like a set date with that with an older thing like that. It's ah. kind of just gives you a rough time period. Hmm. How about that? I slipped the wow. sh- yeah the, and touched the face of God. I remember they would show like like. A jet like refueling in meta. meta. It kind of reminded me of the opening of uh, Doctor Strangelove, kind of like just jets yeah. flying around. I remember. I told. I have such a, a vivid memory of that because I was up late. My mom would have me out, especially in the middle of the summer. I would be out. I'd be at my grandma's house, and then TV would just end and be like, "What? Na- what now? What do I do now? <laughs> We're still here. Hey, what do I do now? now. You know, and then at like four in the morning, they'd start. The yeah. podcast they would start with the farm report. The farm report. That? My grandpa would watch the farm report. My my and I, I wonder why it would we just have be video a, games, folks, to fill that out. It would be a it would be a card that said farm report and they'd just read the audio over it. You yeah. know, like the, the pork bellies and what the corn futures are gonna be and all that. Yeah, it's crazy, man. And uh, yeah. so, so farm that, report. So that's Jesus. the that's the context for the world of poltergeist that we're about to enter, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you know why they're playing the national anthem. They're not watching a baseball game. TV was done for the day. Go to bed. Um, so, Justine, you love this movie. When did you first discover this film? I don't know. I was little. I know I was terrified of it. Yeah. But um, I remember watching this. And then a little bit later, the second one in the hotel. I know that one pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it always terrified me. And it was one of those things where I knew that movie scared me. And when I was in high school, I tried looking it up on the Internet to figure out what the movie was and realize it was Poltergeist. And then anytime it showed up on the TV guide or if I was searching through it and I saw it, I would always watch it. And it just reminded me of my childhood and I loved it after that. Yeah. It didn't become a scary movie to me. It was just, I just loved it. <laughs> uh, when you were a kid, what was the scariest thing? Uh, 
When I was what? When you were a kid, what was what scared you the most? From the movie, um, just her being pulled in, and actually, it was mainly her. She scared me the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the little girl. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like this Children. little girl's possessed. Um, I didn't really like know anyone with that kind of a blonde hair. Like she had like white hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Color my hair as a kid. Like I just didn't really like grow up with anyone that kind of looked like that, and it freaked me out. Um, <laughs> so you're like Johnny Winter hair, <laughs> albino hair, yeah. creepy white people is what she said. Yeah, yeah. Her, like her onesies, like something I always wore when I went to sleep. Like I always wore a onesie like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing, and second to her freaking me out would be the the old lady. She creeped me out next after that. She always pooped me out. Um, it wasn't until I watched Teen Witch that I was like, she's all right. She's not scary. She's not scary. <laughs> all right. It was her little voice that just creeped me out and she was older. Mm-hmm. She knew things and you're like, what? And it just as a kid, it, it all scared me. Um, yeah, old I people are scary. I wasn't scared <laughs> of the skeletons. Especially when they vote. Like, <laughs> Being propped into that, that didn't scare me, but yeah. The shorter, the scarier. Um, <laughs> you're welcome, Patrick. That was good. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was funny. Yeah, no, there's a lot to unpack in this movie. And when you're a kid, you don't quite get the family stuff, but you know the clown is coming or you know the tree's going to bust through at any minute or you know the guy's going to... Yeah, gonna the go- tree didn't scare me. The clown didn't scare me. I was never, I've was i never been scared of clowns. Um, my mom loved, cl- loved clowns, so I grew up with clown stuff all around me. So it just didn't scare me. But... Otherwise, that could have that, that could have been a time bomb. Can you imagine? Like you had no problem with clowns, you never thought about it, and then you saw that movie, and you're like, "Oh my god, clowns are terrifying!" And then you're surrounded by clowns. Like that <laughs> that, that could have been that could have been a bad situation, but luckily it worked out. It could have, but with me, it was more like, ah, whatever. Like toys are just grabbing him, and he's scared of clowns, but I'm not scared of clowns. So <laughs> I love that. It's like ah, whatever. At least it's not butterflies. No. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been a motherfucking yeah. butterfly. Uh, so at least it's not. Butterfly only... came to the window. What if she was in a short old people? What if yeah. she was in a swimming pool full of butterflies, just top to bottom, <laughs> stacked butterflies, and you're just in there, <laughs> swimming in butterflies? Terrifying. Yeah. Uh, um, yes. Yeah, it was mainly that girl. Like I don't know why I wasn't scared of the other people that took her. I was more scared of her, but she was the one that was creepy. Saying they're here, yeah. and you know, like I don't know. And then when you watch the second one, you're like, they're following her. So. Look, you know, you, you there's there's so many. This is a great movie because Hooper really, really ratchets it up. You know, the dog starts acting weird, and you're like, everybody, everybody here has a pet. Has every, everybody yeah, here has a pet that has done something weird at one time. Or when your cat all of a sudden is just staring at a wall, and you're like, what? What are you looking at? You know, <laughs> yeah. in the in the middle of the night, the cat's just staring at the wall, like not moving. You're like, what? So they got one put in, one put out. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, Why are you doing that? Um, and then if you if you don't have kids, kids can do that kind of stuff. They'll say things because they'll just say whatever comes into their heads. And some days yeah. they're half asleep and they'll say something. And you're like, what did you just say? You know, grandma's watching us. You know, and you're like, what? Um, 
I remember. I, I, I remember. I remember one time I was maybe a. But uh, I, I came home from work late, and me and the dog, me and Ricky, our old dog, was was we we're chilling on the couch, and he would just he was right next to me on the on the uh, on my lap. We we're just sitting there, uh, and uh, all of a sudden his little ears pop up, and he looks up the stairs, and and here comes my daughter downstairs, and it's like you know one in the morning, and I'm wondering. What is she doing up? You know, she has to be in school the next day. She was probably like six, six years old, maybe five or six. And uh, she stood at the, she stood, and we had a little entryway. John, this is the second apartment where we used to do the podcast, right? So we had that little, uh-huh. you remember it, it faced out into that courtyard. So yeah, she stands at the very edge of the little, there's like a little tile entryway there. She just came down the stairs stood in front of the entryway with her hands at her side and just stared at the door. Just stared at the door. <laughs> and the dog even looked at me, like looked up at me like, what is she doing? <laughs> and uh, could not figure Sounds- out. And then I, so I'm calling to her. And finally, I, after about the third or fourth time I called her, she goes, she didn't even turn around. She goes, what? And I said, what are you doing there? And she just turned around and went back upstairs and got in her bed. And it was like the was she, she was sleepwalking. But it scared yeah. the hell out of me because I'm like, this is every horror movie. This is every Twilight Zone right here. Something's yeah. going to come through that door and I'm going to get eaten. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I can I can add to that. Um, when I was growing up. And I, like I would be, we'd be driving back from my dad's house, and we lived in the country, so like no street lights, it's dark, as all get out, and I'd be sitting in the back seat dead asleep, and then all of a sudden I would start screaming, mm. like, bloody murder out of nowhere. What did so my asshole. mom hated? I used to have uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I used to have uh, night terrors as a kid, and like it just it fucked with me and there's nothing you can do about it that was such a great reaction jake because you know you know that if it was an adult doing that you just want to beat the shit out of him he's holding an asshole (laughs) smack the shit out of him like the fuck's wrong with you oh my god i can't imagine being a parent because the last thing you want to hear as a parent is your kid scream in the middle of the night right so yeah well yeah but uh, Imagine you're in the car driving, dead quiet, <laughs> like ten o'clock at night. Oh God! <laughs> you legit can't do anything. That shit's scary, man. Did, I for any person. Does he still have night terrors, uh, Justine? Has he had one since you've uh, been together? I haven't no. had one in years. No. Try to bring no, those little, back. I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's a little gas. Try to bring yeah, those back, gas, right? Patrick. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, they're like it's they're scary, man. Like they're literally waking nightmares. Like you like, see that shit and you think it's real. Wow, that's crazy. I get the sleep paralysis sometimes where I'm like oh, trapped in that, that terrible. Yeah. I'm trapped in that state where I'm I'm awake, but I'm but I can't open my eyes. You 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 didn't hit REM sleep. I know exactly what you're talking about. Now what's so funny is now you know what's funny. The next time I have one of those, I'm going to hear you say. You didn't hit REM sleep, and that's how I kind of get out of it. Because I kind yeah. of, I kind of like it's like the rope in Poltergeist. I'm trying to grab onto something to pull myself out. So I'm like in it's my like the same thing with uh, lucid dreaming too. Like 
if you realize that you're asleep, like you can take control. Yeah, exactly. I'm always trying to like, okay, dude, you're asleep. Just wait. You're going to come out of it. You just need to hold on mm-hmm. and be careful and just wait a second and be patient. Don't panic. And then all of a sudden your eyes open. But boy, yep. trying to get your eyes open, they feel like they weigh a ton. Like I know exactly what you're talking about. And you're like, I'll even do this. I'll be like, okay. Like we're starting the podcast. I'll be like, a three, a one, a two, and a one, two, three. Uh, nope. Okay, one more time. Uh, uh, nope. And then you're just trying to wake up. Because then you're thinking like, if something happens right now, I'm paralyzed. I'm I'm doomed. I can't I can't move. Uh boy, those are that's a sucky situation. It always makes me worry like I'm in a coma or some shit. Yeah, what if I'm in a coma right now? I just need <laughs> to like, warn. It feels like that, like you're just stuck in your body and you mm-hmm. can't do anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh I hate those, man. So I don't I can't imagine what a night terror is like. Um It's ten times worse because you're hallucinating. Oh man. That is crazy, John. What about you? What's what, anything scary happen to you, man? You get any weird? Uh, your your cat? Yeah, I've had what? I had that thing that you said, like uh, what is it? The sleep paralysis? Yeah. Oh, the worst, man. Uh, so, like, you'll start moving your little finger, and you're thinking, "Wow, if I could just get my hand moving, then I get my arm moving, then I'll get the whole body moving." You know. The next thing you know, you're Bruce it's Campbell so- crossing, crawling across the floor. Unconscious, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. so, so what is that? I, I never heard that explanation before. It's uh, you haven't hit REM sleep. Yeah, it's basically well, you're you're physically tired, but your mind's awake, and so okay. your body's awake. Yeah, so it's 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 right on the cusp of not achieve. It's you're you're not achieving REM sleep. You're right on the cusp of being truly asleep versus mm. waking up. So it's oftentimes can be either right when you start to go to sleep or and that's usually the most common or as you're waking up it's not as common but i mean it i've done whole nights like that where it just feels like you're awake the whole time so mentally you're exhausted the next day but physically you're fine yikes man Hmm. i get those i get those uh and uh it's terrifying and you know of course justine has some great haunting stories where um the googly eyes will watch her as she walks down the aisle at uh, at, at Michael's. So. <laughs> it's always Those the damn googly eyes. It's always, it's always the googly eyes. Yeah, we don't that know any uh, litter that's just following you around the store. I don't. I don't have any haunting stories myself. Uh, I don't know that I believe in them, but I know people that believe that they've seen things. Um, the, the closest we can get is John and John lives down the street from uh, Turnbull Canyon, which is where, of course, all the ghosts and the devil cults and the ufos uh that's like the you that's like <laughs> that's like the intersection of all that for uh for our area all super all supernatural activity it's like the bermuda triangle yeah yeah <laughs> in, in, a, in a five mile stretch of road uh all that happens down there there's uh let's see the Satan. oh you'll, you'll love this story my brother used to work at knott's berry farm and he said there were people there who swore to god that if they were like in the back kitchen or something They'd see Walter not walking around. <laughs> they'd look at the, they'd look down the corridor, and there's Walter not walking, you know, through the back of the kitchen. They're like, "Holy shit, what the hell's that?" They walk down there, there's nothing there, and they're like, "You're kidding me! The ghost of Walter not is walking around Ghost Town." The ghost of the ghost of the chicken <laughs> playing the piano. Yeah, exactly. He's trying to find that chicken. He's all, come back here. You know? <laughs> How do you get out of your cage? You know? Come here, Tangina. Come here, here, Tangina. Yeah. 
boy. That's crazy. Okay, let's get back to the film because yeah. we're all scary. It's all scary now. We set a mood. So, Justine, that was it. That was it. That, that was it for the scares for you. Just the little girl creeped you out. Yeah, um, the little girl freaked me out, and then the lady, and that's about it. Right. I mean. I was never scared of the ghost. I was always scared of that. And then the third thing would be when the guy's face starts coming off. Yes, that's a great. It's uh, a great scene. And he like doesn't know. Like he just starts scratching his face off, and you're like, "What?" And then they show the stuff in the sink. It's that whole thing is just, ooh, so gross. Um, but yeah, that, those are my. And I guess I, I thought it was kind of creepy that they were pushing her around, but I think it was more just her. I was just terrified of her. Uh, Jake, had you seen this before? I have. I've seen this many times. Did you love it? I always loved this movie. It's they set the scene really well, which I love, and they really make you feel for the family before they kind of rip everything apart. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, one of the scariest parts for me was when uh, yeah, one of the paranormal investigators was staring in. The mirror to rip his own face off. <laughs> God, that's such a that's such a horrible scene. And I saw this I, I saw this really young. Oh I yeah, I saw this when I was nine, ten, ten years old. That stuff stays with you, man. When you see it at a young age, that stuff stays with you, and because you don't know, mm-hmm. you don't, you're not quite sure how they do it. It looks kind of real, like you you know it can't be real, but you're not sure, and it's just. Watching that happen is just so uncomfortable and so creepy. And you're, when you're a kid, you really don't know how to process stuff like that. If you think about it, your brain doesn't quite know where the real reality ends. I thought it looked. I thought it looked real when I was younger. Now watching it, being older, it looks it looks pretty fake. But when I was younger, I thought that that was real, and this man was ripping his. Face off. <laughs> Like, why is my mom <laughs> making me watch this? I mean, like, what is going on? Um, does it? Now, what was the scariest part to you? Was that the that the big scare for you? Was the face coming off? Um, that was the big scare, and then um, the clown dragging the kid under the bed. Yes, terrifying. Because I had bad vision as a kid. He just wants to play. He's <laughs> so I used to see I used to see things in in my closet to the point where I couldn't sleep unless I closed my closet door. Mm-hmm. So I always hate things, you know, in the closet under the bed, and now didn't like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I sleep with the closet open, which is weird. Um, I used to sleep with a you know I used to have, let's see yeah when I was a kid I used to have to close the closet door. And make sure the shades were pulled. Like, you know, mm. I didn't want anything to be able. I didn't want a monster to be able to look in, and uh, I didn't want to see out. Because uh, oh my god! Because if I can't, I had a friend um, who had the opposite of what I was scared of, and that pissed me off one night when I slept over. What? Why? What? What, was, what do you mean? She was... like I like the door shut because I think the monsters are outside. She thinks the monsters are inside, and she needs to run out. <laughs> Ah, so wow. you're so you're basically so you're basically Oscar and Felix, your junior versions of Oscar and Felix. Now you got to figure out a way to get through the night together. So what did you do? 
I just, I mean, it was her place. I was sleeping over her place, but I swear, if she was in my place, I don't care. We're closing the door. When you wait till she falls asleep, then you close the door. Well, and I, I don't know. And this then you, so basically, you were risking your, your, your life that whole night then. Yeah. I was so frustrated. I was like, I'm never, ever doing this again. Well, you, of course you're not, because the monster's going to come out and kill you. So you, <laughs> this is the end of it. Yeah, this the is the end. end. This is it. This is the end. So I go out. I, you, did, you didn't vet. You didn't vet your your host, and then that's it. You didn't do your homework. You didn't do your due yeah, diligence. No. So you kind of deserved it, if you ask me. Because, yeah, uh, I have to learn next time. Yeah, How do you sleep? What do you do? Yeah. If we ever she stay, like we we got into an argument over it because I was like, no, 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 no. Like <laughs> they're outside. Like you can't let them in. And this is like. It's middle school, and I know you guys aren't girls, but we still always think like we were somewhat witches, and like we can do spells and stuff. And so. You're playing light as a feather, stiff as a board, and you're doing. You still believe that shit? You all are witches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's still a dream, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the I dream. Knew, I knew her and I are like same level. Like yeah, monsters. For sure, and this is like middle school, so like for sure, monsters. Sure, obviously they're real. Yeah. Of course. Avi. And um, yeah, no, I learned that about her. And I'm, after that, I was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I have to figure out, figure this out from people before I go over. Uh, but, you we know. can't be friends. We can't be friends anymore. At what, <laughs> age, at, at what age did you stop believing in those monsters, Justine? Like, what? how old were you when you said, oh, there's no such thing? Or when you were sure? Um, 27. <laughs> I don't know. But I guess when I was like, up late talking on the phone with like boys so mm-hmm. you know did you ask patrick did I you say kind of knock out because you don't even think about it anymore so did you did you say patrick you know uh before we get involved are the monsters outside the door or inside the <laughs> <laughs> yeah patrick where were where were the monsters inside or outside? well they were in your head obviously because you had the well yeah duh. yeah i mean it, it's just as you get older your monsters change from the you know imagined to the real to the real to a mitch mcconnell wow. just, to, they're just real people that's yeah. heavy uh, mitch mcconnell the is, the, killers. is the manifestation <laughs> just, well that's what i tell you guys you know we watch these movies with zombies you know and poltergeist and all that stuff and it, it, it doesn't i'm like oh this is fun now you show me a movie yeah, about it's like a fucking escape yeah you watch you watch you, you you watch law and order svu and i'm like oh dude i'm out like i can't watch this this yeah. stuff yeah. this yeah. stuff happens anymore. Like, I'm the, monsters, the monsters are down the street or in yeah the office, I, we have a we have a lot of friends who are true crime podcasts now we have a lot of uh other podcasts that we help out retweet and do that stuff there are so many of those and there's just i mean it terrifies me because it's like every one of these podcasts we've I've got to know like there's got to be like 20 in our in our follow list 20 or 30 of these podcasts and they're all focusing on different crimes every it's not like they're all overlapping they're all just yeah. you know they're regional it's like hey we're in the you know we're, we're in this state and these are the these are the murders that have happened in this city it's like oh my god like that's terrifying to me that's way scarier than anything you can throw at me you know yeah, uh, you know, in in a, in a horror movie. So, in a lot of ways, these movies are kind of an escape because it's almost like, well, yeah, you know, right. you know, look, if uh, if, if there is a poltergeist, I know what to do now. I'm going to get some tennis balls and some rope, and we're, you know, <laughs> you know, so can go at it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, it, the monsters are no longer imaginary; they're yeah. very real. You see something like Mitch McConnell walking around, you're like, how do I stop this? <laughs> yeah, I was thought yeah. it was well, kind of weird. <laughs> When the guy says, yeah, and it's my own handwriting, like, are the 
are the spirits going to rewrite that ball? Like I just or, never understood. Well, that they, they were thinking they were like going to send something else out. They wanted to make sure that they had sent it in. Because remember, the spirits dropped all that stuff out of there. They dropped like the jewels and the. They had to be yeah. sure, Justine. Yeah, they had to I be sure. I don't know. I just was like, okay. They, and it's my own. They dropped. They dropped a loot crate out of the. I just looked at the time, boy. We're, boy, we are having. Uh, we're having a nice conversation. I'm not, I'm not going to give the time out there, but we started late, and it's it's getting later. So let's. Uh, I don't want to keep everybody awake too long. So let's let's move on to. Uh, 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 Patrick, did you tell us, or did you just tell us about your night terrors? Did you tell us how no, you like the movie? About my night terrors. Well, let's, talk about the movie. let's talk about what you thought of Poltergeist, my man. Uh, so growing up, this movie did not terrify me. Um, I saw this at a pretty young age and while there are moments that can like do a jump scare, I, overall, I wasn't scared. Uh Um, so going back and like rewatching it and stuff like that. And I watched it a couple years ago recently. It's, it's okay. It's not my favorite scary movie. I'm not a big like horror scary movie person. Mm -hmm. I like the more suspenseful part of this. Okay. I like suspense a lot. Um, so, I mean, it's 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 not like, hey, I want to watch this all the time, but, like, I'm okay with it. All right. So, it's not one of your favorites, but you're okay with no, it. No, no, no. You respect the yeah, craftsmanship. I mean, you, you respect... Yes, you res- definitely. You, I mean, the concept's really cool, and, like, what they do with it's really cool, but, I mean, honestly, you could have put Drew Barrymore, or, yeah, yeah, Barrymore as the little girl, and I wouldn't have known the difference from that in E.T., Justine, let me ask you a question. I'm, I'm, this is not I, just while it's in my head because I'm old and stuff drops out of there. Uh, Justine, did you recognize one of the um, construction workers who is is cat calling the the teenage daughter? Did you recognize one of them? Mm, no, I mean I looked at the guy who was talking. I don't know if like who the other ones were. One on the one on the the guy on the right is Billy. Billy. Billy, it's here. We bleeds. We can kill it, Billy. From Predator. Oh. Yep, yep. Uh, I noticed that. There you go. Um, 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 Jake, do we, Jake, you love this movie as a kid. Uh, I do love John, it. it was scary. Okay, so we got everybody in. We got everybody great. Uh, uh, let's let's rank this sucker. Uh, John, what do you give Poltergeist? And did it hold up? I give it a 7.5. 7.5. All right, perfect. Uh, Jake, what do you say? Poltergeist? Early 80s? Horror? Yeah, give it an 8. Ocho! Justine? 9.5. Wow! 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 Uh, give us what... what what is the stuff that you like the best? It's just the story? What stops is, it from being a 10? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a great question, too. Thank you, Patrick. Good backup. What stops it from being a 10? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, that was a confident 9.5. Very. It's just, it's kind of hard because I watched it in so many different stages. Said. I watched it as a kid where I was terrified. I watched it again to just remember it, and I loved it as a nostalgic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then watching it now, it's still like a great story. Never seen anything like it. Um, all of it. But it's just still like, I love this movie. I love, love, love it. But um, I can't say it's perfect. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It just isn't perfect. And maybe just because I grew up with it. That's all. I don't know. Okay. I did watch the new one, though. That one was all right. It was all right. 
Not as good. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, wh- who was in that? I don't forgot that guy's name, but he's in Jojo Rabbit. I forgot that guy's name. Oh, uh, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he, the dad. He's the dad. Okay, yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Well, hey guys, what a great. Oh, oh, oh what do I give uh, Poltergeist? I'm sorry. Oh, John, what, do you, what did you say? Have we got everybody? Uh, Seven point five. We got everybody. I give Pol- I had, No, I haven't rated. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. Rated two people. You actually you stopped at me. <laughs> sorry, Jake. Seven. No. Nope. I said eight. Uh, Jake said eight. Justine said nine point five. Patrick said six and a half. Six point five. John said. Seven point five. Uh, seven point seven and a half. I'm gonna give it a solid. I'm gonna go. Ooh. I'm gonna go seven. I'm gonna go seven. I'm gonna go a little lower. Um, Spread the gambit here. Yeah, I'm gonna go seven. I feel like I should give it more, but uh, it, it was a movie that I didn't. I watched it a lot at a younger age. It held up for me. But I'm somewhere in between Patrick and Justine. It's not my favorite, not my least favorite. But there were other movies I gravitated towards more. But I've all, I always like it when I watch it. So it's it's kind of like a it's it's a you know it's seven. I'll go seven. Feel comfortable there. <laughs> it's a comfort level. So for next week, we're gonna do Army of Darkness and we're gonna do Maximum Overdrive. Uh, we can do a third if you want. Um, because I found that, I found that hard to do. <laughs> I found fitting a third in was not easy. Okay. It was, so it was harder we've for you. Gotten, okay. We've gotten used to two. Okay. Well, the thing is, we're not, I don't think we're going to have a huge discussion about, uh, uh, oh. but that's fine. No, no, we can do two and then we'll, we'll fill it up. We'll buy, you know, we'll cause, forever cause you know what, you know what guys, you know what next, uh, you know what Tuesday is. So we might, uh. You know, we Ooh, might, yeah, yeah we, we, right. we might have some, it, it, you know what? That's perfect. That's, let's leave it there then. So for next yeah. week, next, you're right. You're next right. week, we'll just toss all those off and next week, and then we'll uh, talk next yeah. week. We'll watch army of darkness and uh, maximum overdrive and maybe be in our bunker in case things aren't going well. Yeah. But uh, guys, what happy Halloween guys. What do you, you guys have some big plans? Are you guys going to dress up? You're going to distance socially. You're going to watch some scary movies. Mm-hmm. What's on the scary it's movie? Gonna work. Well, you're not going to work all night. Yeah, I'll be there all day. And all of the night? Uh, yeah, most of it. Thank you, John. Justine, you just Justine, are you are you working? I am. I'm working during a day. John, what? and I'm dressing up as Princess Bubblegum as a scientist. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> Adventure time. Love it. Yeah, I had to figure out something with pink hair since my hair is pink. And Your hair is pink? I'm, yeah, my hair is pink. And I'm going to be Princess Bubblegum with pink hair. We need to see that on, uh, please post that on, on your uh, social media. Um, John, yeah. are you going to watch some scary movies, man? What are you going to watch? Uh, yeah, I'm working that day. And um, that night, I, I rented an old Universal monster movie that's been really hard to t- to track down. Werewolf of London. Uh, no, it's one. It's not really a monster movie. It's more like a suspense movie from the '30s. I've never seen called uh, "Secret of the Blue Room." Wow! And it's got uh, it's got Gloria Stewart and Lionel Atwill, and um, 
Paul Lucas, who was the uh, scientist in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So uh, I've heard about this. Uh, it came out like in 33. It's a universal picture. So, I mean, it's, you know, how bad could it be? <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Awesome, man. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, uh, I think I'm going to be home. Uh, my wife and I didn't really have anything planned because I was really supposed to work, but it looks like I'm going to be home. And uh, so I think we're going to try to watch. I just showed Nicole the, for the very first time what we do in the shadows, the movie. She had never seen it. Mm. And uh, show. so, yeah, we started to watch the first episode. Um, so she wants to catch up on the show now, but we might go back and rewatch that when let, let the kids see it. And then uh, I think it's time to the, the kid sees all of young Frankenstein. Cause she's seen bits and pieces here. So oh, we, yes, we so. might, yeah. we might do that or we might do, I want to do a horror comedy, might do Shaun of the dead, just something. Cause my daughter's not super into horror, it? but um, how is it? She hasn't seen young Frankenstein all the way through being your kid. Uh, I, I think it's just attention span. You know, when she was really younger, she just wanted to see certain parts that were funny and didn't necessarily, yeah. you, you know, the pacing's different on that. So, you know, I think yeah. when I used she, to watch that shit on repeat. I mean you and me both, but but now it's now it's everything's on YouTube and, and the jokes in, in the second, you know, with with the TikToks uh, and the yeah. and the YouTubes and the you know, it's it's anything yeah. anything past ten minutes is like a is a stretch. Just have a Mel Burks day. So uh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. uh we might try to we'll, we'll try to work it in, see if she wants to hang out with her parents. She doesn't always want to. Um <laughs> She's a teenager, man. She's a teenager, so I know, but where can she go with the uh, well, with she the just, COVID? What can she do? No, she just she has her and her and her her and her best friend are either playing Nintendo Switch together, or they're on the phone. They're you know they 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 just she has games with her friend, so they're on the phone and That's they're funny. playing video I, games at this point. I'm still I'm still thinking like it's 1965. Gee, where will they go? Where will they go? What are you talking about? It's 2020. <laughs> How they're, many times do you listen to the same side of that record? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're playing. Uh, they're playing Minecraft together, doing doing stuff, something. And uh, I love that Minecraft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Uh, or they're playing Animal Crossing, mm. or you know, doing mm. something with a Nintendo Switch. Well, I'll tell you. So it'll be, it might be a chore to get her down to, to watch uh, Young Frankenstein with her parents, huh? Uh, you know what? She's a good kid. You know, it's not like it's not like a drag, but it's just if we happen to if it coincides in a time where she's like, "I'm talking to my friend," then it's not going to happen. <laughs> I love that. I'm talking to my friend. Jake, what do you got? You guys got plans down there? You 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 know, dress the cats up as uh, as, uh, as as itchy and scratchy. What are you guys gonna What are you gonna do? What do you got going on, Frank? Uh, I have I have nothing planned because I thought I was going to work, but I'm working in the morning, so I have nothing planned. All right. Well, I don't think anybody's been hanging around giving candy out, so uh, eat some candy and watch some scary movies. And uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, check out what we do in the shadows, the show and the movie. Watch the movie first, then watch the show. It's fantastic. Say it, say it, Justine. Creepy paper. Creepy, Creepy paper. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> Have you seen it, John? No, but man, uh, every time I read about the movie, it just sounds like it's the greatest. Oh, it's, it's fun! It's, it's it's a lot of fun. Oh, the movie's so good, John. You will love it. Be- gotta see the movie, John. You will love it because there's a direct Nosferatu like reference. There's like a there's oh, like hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, it's it's who's a, the um, who's the director on the movie? Ta- uh, Taika uh, Watiti. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. All right. And Great. Th- yeah. And it's him and he and Jermaine Clement from uh, Flight of the Concords co-wrote it. Ah. So. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got to I got to I got to check that out. Yeah. I really got to check that out. And Jermaine is in it, and so is Taika, and um, and it's great, and uh, it's it's very funny, very very funny. All right, uh, I'm gonna hunt that one down. Yeah, really, really great. Just a lot of good, good vampire jokes. You know, and a lot of it. You know, some of it's just silly, and then they go some places that aren't too obvious, and it's really great. And the show is fantastic. Right on. Yeah, the show is cool. show. The I good. love the show. So funny. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. All right, guys. Well, happy Halloween. We hope everyone stays safe and sane and uh, be careful out there and uh, make sure that your parents check all that candy before you uh, eat it. And uh, Are you and... playing us out to Monster Mash? No, 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 no. We're not. Damn. We can't. We can't do play out music, dude. You know that. was. But uh... How about uh, Lambert, Hambricks, and Russ? Well, for John. <laughs> We are going to say goodbye, though. But so for Jake, for John, <laughs> for Justine, and for Patrick, we say fight the power. What? This transmission ends now. And go Dodgers. <laughs>